happy moment. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Kaiju Groupie Podcast. I am your host, Michael, and as always, I am super excited to bring to you another brand new conversation that I believe each and every one of you will really enjoy. For this episode, I got to sit down with artist and storyteller Frankie B. Washington. And for anyone who does not know who Frankie is, he is a super fantastic artist within the kaiju and uh, togasatsu, giant monster, whatever you want to call it, community. And he's also a super, super nice guy, a super interesting fellow, and a really positive voice within this fandom. We covered everything, including how he got started in the industry, what he's been working on, and his perspective on the kaiju and giant monster fandom as it stands right now. It is a really good conversation, and I really can't wait for you guys to listen. But before we get into the conversation, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping and remind you guys that if you want to support this show, you can do so by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. What that's going to do is put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans just like you. It's going to help me grow and it's going to help me uh, have more fantastic conversations like you're going to hear today with Frankie. And yeah, I mean, so far we don't have any more new reviews. I'm looking for some of you guys out there that have not yet left me a review. You guys know who you are uh, to leave me a review. And I promise I will read that comment on a future episode of the podcast uh criticize me all you want in the comment portion but leave make sure it's five stars worth and it will be read live on the podcast you can also send feedback for the show by emailing me at kaijugroupypod at gmail.com so without further ado uh let's head into the conversation with frankie b washington Hello and welcome back to your audio listener and I am super excited for the conversation I'm about to have. I have been looking forward to speaking with this man for a long time. Uh, none, are the, none other than Frankie B. Washington himself. Frankie, how are you doing good, sir? What's going on, Michael? How are you doing? <laughs> Ah, well, can't really come. Well, I'll take that back. I could complain, <laughs> but I'm not going to complain. Uh, that is a big difference to me. Like there's a lot of folks that like to say, well, I can't really complain. Well, technically you could complain, but you just choose not to. Sure. No, no, I totally agree. Right. Right. Uh, so man, like I said, I've been looking forward to having you uh-huh. on for a while and it's funny cause, um, I think you posted something on, I think you posted a comment or something. And then a friend of mine, Alex from the uh, monsters versus men podcast, he texts uh-huh. me and he's like, Hey, you need to have Frankie on your show. I'm like, <laughs> okay, oh, well, okay. Um, wow. he, he was, he's been on my list, but I'll bump him up. And so here we are. So wow. 
but yeah, man, um, this is your time to shine. This is your all opportunity right. to give some, uh, uh, to tell us all about you. So yeah, give us, give us as much or as little information as you want to about yourself. Sure. All right. My name is Frankie B. Washington, and I've been in the working in the art industry for 30 years. Um, I'm originally from the uh, Boston, uh, grew up there and stuff. And my earliest memories of drawing were preteen. I remember my mom used to um, come home from getting groceries and stuff, and uh, and she would just tear a piece of the uh, a piece of the uh, well, grocery bag, the brown uh, grocery bag and stuff and say, hey, boy, draw. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. that was my, my drawing thing. And then uh, I remember for me, my first experience, like first comic book sure. was a Spider-Man. Uh, you know, there was a guy, I remember I grew up in the projects, just like in good time and stuff. Right. Uh, I grew up in the projects, but they, but down the street was this guy who had literally converted a uh, school bus into a store. Mm-hmm. So you go there and you buy stuff and whatever. So I remember going into the store and yes, he had a spinner rack. So I went in there and it was a Spider-Man. I don't recall what issue it was, but I just remember just it was a Spider-Man and I got it and I was like, oh man, whatever. So I started drawing and stuff like that, liking it. I love superheroes, but I will say that it was when, um, and and again, when I grew up in Boston, there was this TV show that came on uh, almost noontime on Saturdays called Creature Double Feature. And Creature Double Feature was what brought in the kajus for me. It was Godzilla, a lot of the Toho, the early stuff, and and, and, you know the Showa era. That stuff mesmerized me. It literally, like, I was like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is incredible. So as a kid, I was like, because I, I always had this fascination about monsters and stuff like that from the Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula. But then also you start seeing these giant creatures. I knew about King Kong. And King Kong was cool. But then you start seeing these amazing creatures like Godzilla, you know, Angerus, uh, King Ghidorah. And the way they moved and the way they functioned and stuff like that, it really excited me. So... That pulled me in. So then, as in later, as time went on, I, my mom had <clears throat> excuse me, my mom had taken me to a uh, this place called Child World, which um, which was which was located in Dedham, Mass, mm-hmm. and it was massive. Think of like Toys R Us, but just this massive store for kids. Right. And you would go there, and it was just toy galore. But I remember when she brought me brought me there, and as soon as the doors opened, right there in the front was again was this massive uh, spinner spinner rack of comics. Yeah. But it was like 10 comic books to a pack. I don't know if people like, again, I'm, I'm a kid of the 80s, grew up, grew up 1970, but I also a kid of the 80s. Sure. But they used to sell these packs of comic books for like 10 comic books and for like five bucks. And right on the front cover was issue one of Shogun Warriors. And that's when it just pulled me in where I was like, wow, they actually do comic books featuring giant robots. Because at that time, too, I was loving giant robots and stuff like that. And I was like, it was monsters. And I was like, Wow, there actually there's something here. There's you actually someone's getting paid to draw mm-hmm. these cool things. So yes, I love superheroes, but this was like this was like the okay for me, like the, the big shining moment. So once I got yeah. Shogun Warriors and then Marvel Comics then did a Godzilla a series, mm-hmm. I was pulled in. So then, you know, I, I, I did that. <clears throat> and as I went through high school and stuff like that, um, my teachers were fantastic because they always knew that I had, you know, I, I was doing good with grades and stuff, but they always knew that I had this kind of you know, very creative kind of personality, uh, well, creative personality, but I loved art. So they really tried to get me into a lot of programs at the time that focused on art. So I would do like special programs, like Saturday programs. Like they'd be like, okay, mass art has a program for, for kids to go in and, you know, you would, you would learn drawing. So I would go to those and then off and on and stuff like that. And 
what happened was they, they end up doing it like when I was in high school, my junior and senior year, they end up putting me into this program called the ORC, which is Occupational Resource Center. And what it did was it, it, it literally was a place where kids could kind of, it's that first stage where if you want to decide if, what kind of career you want to go into, mm-hmm. and they had this amazing illustration program. So I got into the illustration program, was doing a lot of medical illustration, and then they took me into different other illustrations, but mostly medical illustration. Mm-hmm. But it was like the first, the extra, this, the first spark of like, you know, where I wanted to go as career, my career path. So then... Um, from doing that program, I, I was very fortunate. I ended up becoming uh, one of the uh, kids who um, received scholarships, you know, to, to go to whatever art school I wanted to go to. So they said, okay, you got the scholarship. What school you want to go to? So I remember getting contacted by uh, the Joe Kubert School um, in New Jersey. And I was like, wow, that's Joe Kubert. They do comic books and whatever and such and such. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's, you know, it's comic books and stuff, but it's New Jersey. Right. And that kind of scared the hell out of me. For some reason, I just was like, I didn't want to leave Massachusetts. Sure. So uh, what happened was they said, okay, well, there's some other places. So I, I checked out this other place, but it was more like an architectural school. And then I came across this other school called Butera School of Art. And Butera, um, which was the school I ended up choosing, um, was a school that focused on commercial illustration. And when I remember going in, the, the person who was um, who ended up doing my um, review uh was like, look, I'm gonna tell you straight up. They were like, we, we, we all work in industry. You, once we we teach you, we're gonna teach you how to work. Period. You're not gonna be a starving artist. You're gonna be an artist who's gonna, you know, someone's gonna hire you for service, and you're gonna do the service, and right. your your reward's gonna be your payment, and then you're gonna, you know, get more clients and so on and so forth. So I said, okay. And from that point, it was like a three year school, and I'm going there, and um. Learned a lot, learned a lot. Just they really focused on the fact of pitching and selling as well as art, which is important. But they, they were more in the sense of trying to teach me how to um, put myself out as an artist and how to get out there to get clients right. interested in, in my skill set and then getting hired. And so I did that. And then uh, after graduating I, um, two years, I didn't find any uh, like solid work in art. But then I got a break. I got this fantastic break with this um, fledgling production company company that was in Waltham. It was like some guy, he was a he was like this real estate guy who had a bunch of money and then he decided he wanted to get into films. And so he started this production studio. Mm-hmm. And um he uh some friends of some friends of mine introduced me to him and he really liked me for some reason. He just really liked the fact that I was very creative. I was like always talking crazy stuff about ideas and whatever. So he said, okay, he's like, hey, I'll pay you. You know, he said, I'll pay you to come aboard and you can do, he gave me like, he gave me the lofty title of creative director, but trust <laughs> right. me, I was not yeah. getting paid. I wasn't getting paid creative director price and, and right. I knew nothing about it. So he, it was like something where he just threw the term, but it also was a like creative director and then also um, storyboards. So I said, okay. So I went there and um, I actually ended up do, doing storyboards for two films that got picked up by Miramax sure. and I actually got screen. Like they actually put my name in the, in the, um, the titles and stuff, which was really nice. It was a good exposure to, 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 you know, working in production, seeing how films are being made, scripts and things like that, which was really, I mean, I, it blew my mind. Like, mm-hmm. it was incredible that that level of, you know, the, the, the amount of so many moving parts to make something happen was really exciting. Yet, on the other hand, I didn't feel like I was going to grow there. That was the only downside. It was like um, I was surrounded by all these, these other people who, who were really skilled in what they would do, like producers and stuff like that. But none of them were really artists. And that really bothered me. 
So I started, you know, talking to my teachers. I called Kanye with I said, man, I'm still out here and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, do, do you know anything? You, you heard of anything? And then one of my teachers said, hey, look, there's an animation studio um, that's looking for uh, someone to do some concept art and storyboards. Um, you know, I think you, I think you might be good for that, Frank. So why don't you, you know, contact them? So I said, all right. So I sent my stuff over and stuff and they said, sure, we'll, 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 you know, try you on a freelance basis. So I went over there and and the, and the animation studio was called all of jar animation and it was located in Brighton, Mass. And, um, I mean, few people know about it. They were, they were really big during the MTV, uh, time when, you know, when they were doing, what was that thing? Liquid animation. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, the head and all that stuff. Yeah. That crazy kind of anime. Yeah. 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 Well, well, all of jar did some stuff, but they also did a lot of, of course, you know, most of the bulk of their money they made in advertising, doing animation or, you know, ads and stuff. Cause that's where the the real money is. Right. Um, But, you know, they just stop motion, but they also did some animate 2d animation and stuff like that. So I went there and it just was mind blowing. I mean, it was like, I was introduced to another new world where there was this animators, um, these really super talented people. And here I am, you know, just drawing. Like, I'm just like this, this, this guy who just was constantly adapting um, my style and whatever and, and, and just learning. Um, so I got the chance to do, you know, create some concept stuff with some TV commercials. Um, I got to do uh, some storyboards and stuff, which was really cool. So, and, and just really be able to absorb a lot of that knowledge from just directors, seasoned people, directors, you know, um, sculptors. There were sculptors there. Mm-hmm. Um, just all this great stuff. So I, you know, I stayed there for, I ended up freelancing there for, you know, a few years. So then as, as time went on again, there's that, I always had this little itch in me where I was like, I, I need more. <laughs> well, I <laughs> think know? we all go through that, right? Yeah. Like, so any, like, any kind of creative personality, you, you go through that phase where it's like, okay, so I've done this, this, and this, yep. but it still never feels like enough. Like yep. I struggle, I struggle with that on a, on a daily basis too. One of my tags that I used to use when I was out there, really shopping myself, was I was like, I'm, a, I'm an eclectic artist. That was my tag. It was like Frankie B. Washington, eclectic artist for hire. Right. And, um, and, and the eclectic was just to tell people that I, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't just going down one avenue. I'm, I'm capable of going down other avenues. Sure. You know, and stuff like that. So I started putting fillers out there again. And I started contacting some friends and they said, and one of my friends happened to be working for one of the largest agencies, ad agencies in Boston. Mm-hmm. And he said, Frank, he said, he's like, Hey man, he's like, um, he said, I think you might be able to work in this field, you know, get into it. He said, you know, because this, my friend also had gone to uh Terrace school of art as well. So yeah. he said, Frank, I think you would do really good. So he said, Hey man, I'm going to shoot you the, the name of this person. Who's an art buyer at this particular, uh, another agency. And I'm um, just sending stuff over. So I said, all right, cool, man. Thanks. Yeah. So I sent my stuff over and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, oh man. So I contacted my friend and stuff. And he said, well, what did you send? I said, I sent comic book pages. He said, what are you, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, what are you? He's like, come on, man. He's like, dude, these are ad agencies. He's like, right. dude, he's like, man, what you do, look through, ad, look through, get as many magazines as you can, look at the ads, and then draw up, comp up images mm-hmm. super fast. And at the time, this was before computers came in, so we sure. had to use markers. For right. coloring. So he said, just do, do spot coloring and then send that in. So I said, all right, cool. So what I did was I contacted the um, art buyer again, smoothed it out, said, please, can I just please send you something else? Like that can, you know, send something a little better. So they said, sure. So I sent that and then I got hired. I got hired on a gig. The, my first gig was Delta Airlines and it was a nightmare. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was a nightmare because I just never knew. Because the thing about advertising, I don't think a lot of people understand is that uh, they do a lot of different things. They do like mailers, those mailers that you get like in the mail and stuff that people kind of throw away. Right. Well, they spend a lot of money for that. And there's a ton of people who do, who work on those, just to concept those up, to Mm -hmm. pitch to the client, whoever the client is, and then that goes to the mail. Yeah. Just so somebody can just look at it for, you know, whatever, two minutes, two seconds, maybe. If that, because I get, I've worked, I've spent hours on mailers before. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I've spent, I spent hours on them. And I know that, because I know my habits, if I get a mailer, in, yeah. If I get something in the mail, uh, I, if if it doesn't interest me, I'll look at it for a couple seconds and then toss it. I mean, yeah, yeah. But see that. But see, but you, but the mindset of the ad agency or the client is that they're trying to get that subliminal, mm-hmm. that thought inside your head, so that you look at that mailer mm-hmm. and there's something on it that may catch your mind and stay in your mind. So you right. sit there and you go, "Wow, man, it was a burger on there," and you throw it away. Yeah. And the next thing you know, as you're driving your car, you're like, "Oh man, I want a burger." <laughs> yeah. I know it's just that's always been the science of advertising. Right. Advertising right. is about how much you can get out there, and it's just constantly, po- you know, being pounded into your your senses. And then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, uh, I guess I'll just get that burger, even though you may not even be wanting a burger. You just be like, I want to get that burger. Right. So what happened was I worked on mailers and stuff, and I'm and you know when I look back at it, I'm glad I did because what advertising did, it really filled in the holes of my weakness. Like at the mm-hmm. at that point, I really did, even though I had done some animation stuff and whatever. I hated drawing vehicles. I hated drawing environments. Right. And that was a big stickler for me. But in advertising, you got to draw boring stuff. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, you know, I did stuff for GMC and their trucks and their SUVs. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a vehicle connoisseur. Right. But, but I had to draw those and I had to draw them so that they, they worked and add and, you know, in the comps and stuff like that. So that helped strengthen th- those, those skills I lacked. And also, while talking to creative directors and, and art, art directors there and, and co- copywriters and stuff like that, it, it, it helped me to shore up my um, capability of being able to focus on, like, you know, like marketing, promotion, how, how powerful it is, and being able to talk about it and also to help pitch it and stuff like that. So, like, when I'm working on things even today, like, you know, as you see, like when I'm posting online. Right. You know, I, I try to tell any artist that contact me. I'm like, look, I'm like, you just don't do, you just don't do the artwork. You're also helping to promote this product that you just worked on mm-hmm. because it's going to help you as well as help the client that you right. just worked for. And hopefully, there's a great synergy going on so that this client goes, hey, this person's putting in two hundred percent. Let's work together. Let's do more stuff. Sure. I don't think a lot of artists understand that. Like they just go, I want to just draw the artwork and then I'm done. Well, yeah. that, it it, just, it doesn't work that way. No. So that's what advertising, advertising helped me to show that first the team, the team mentality, like it's a team and that I was part of that team and I helped to, you know, do my part to make sure that this concept so was bought off by the client and in return, the payoff is that, you know, it, it's, it's purchased by the client and then everybody's happy and then I get to do more work with the agency. <laughs> right. So, so, so that's, so that's pretty much, I, I've worked and I still do. I mean, off and on, I don't work as much as I used to with mm-hmm. ad agencies, but occasionally I still get calls um, from some clients, from some old clients or, or yeah. you know, art directors that have heard about me and they say, hey, Frank, we got this gig. And then I'll go, okay, cool. Let me see if I can slide it on my, my table. But yeah, during, while that time was going on, I, you know, again, that itch for comic books, and, and doing stuff like that was, was always nagging inside of me. And so as time would go on, say like if things slowed down with, with um, 
advertising work, yeah. I would then jump off into other things. Like I, I ended up doing gaming. I, I did I, started, I did a ton of illustrations for RPG uh, uh, source books for various game companies. Sure, which was really fun. That was really fun. I got to really get crazy, really super detailed pen. pen anybody, pen. Uh, anybody we'd all be familiar with? Oh God, I wish I had the books out. Um, Ice, Iron Crown Enterprises. Okay. Um, Fantasy Flight Games. Okay. Um. Oh God, who's it? There was one called Zid, I think. X I D. Now I'm not a huge. Ga- the reason I ask yeah, is I'm, really, I'm not a huge gamer. Yeah. But I'm. I'm. Ho- I was maybe. Mad Hermit of- Games. Yeah, I don't have them in front of me. I still. It's funny because I still got the. I got the books like they're in my library and stuff like that. But sure. yeah, it was like some of these, these game companies, which I did, I did some stuff for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that was kind of fun. But again, it wasn't like comic books. Cause I'm such a huge fan of sequential art. Right. And, you know, doing storyboard stuff and whatever, that stuff excites me. Yeah. So, um, and still also, I want to do monster stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to take a big gap and shoot all the way up to 20. So from saying from the point from 2000, to the point of say 20, 2009, sure. where I got contacted by this guy again through Facebook. Some guy contacted me and said, Hey man, would you be interested in doing sketch cards? And I was like, Okay, I get contacted by people. I, I don't know what to do. What is sketch cards? And he said, Well, yeah. he said, Sketch cards are these these cards, these little, you know, two but two and a two point five and a half by three point five and a half um, cards that we put into trading cards and their original artwork. For you know, people to buy and and if they get it, it's it's original, it's original artwork and stuff. Sure. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty cool. So this company, uh, Fivefinity Productions, they they love my stuff and they said, okay, we want to pull you in. So I ended up working on a ton of like different brand projects, like Archie, uh, American Great, the Greatest American Hero. I remember there was a set for that. And then the other cool ones that really got me excited was Voltron. I got a chance to work on Voltron, right, right, um, card set. Uh, there was um, King Kong. There was a Con- King Kong card set that came out. Sure. It was actually Kong of Skull. The 2017 Kong? film, the Kong Skull Island. No, oh, no, 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 actually, no, no. It was a book, it was a novel. It was like, I can't think of the guy's name, but he did a series of Kong books. Oh, oh, I, oh I think I know who you're talking I, about. I know. I can't, think, I can't think of the name, but yeah, I did a card set for that guy. Sure. Uh, sure. Well, I didn't, I didn't personally, but the company that hired me, they did a card set for them, and I worked on those. And then, um, I had just missed out like a year, maybe two, maybe two years before I started getting the sketch cards. I missed out on the Godzilla set, mm-hmm. which really bums me out even to this day. Cause I mean, <laughs> you can go on eBay and if you do Godzilla sketch cards, they'll come yeah. up and they'll show cards. They show some of the people like Bob Eggleton. He's yeah. over here and he's in Rhode Island too. So right. Bob Egg- Eggleton did some stuff for them, but God, that's the one I've been sort of wishing I can work on a Godzilla set. But anyway, I got a chance to work on a transformer set. That was pretty cool. And um, so, so yeah, I worked on sketch cards for a little bit, and then um, eventually I got tired. You know, some Marvel stuff. I did some Marvel stuff with sketch right. cards, but then eventually I just got tired. I just felt like again, um, sketch cards were going in a, in, a, in, a, in a different kind of a way, a different kind of avenue that that I wanted to go. Um, because I've always it's still that part of me where I still want to just do stuff that's you know, kaiju related, giant robots, that kind of thing. Because I I believe I believe so strongly that, that the genre. It has outlasted a lot of different things and that I want to be part of that genre. I want people to be able to see it and be able to say, yeah, that guy is part of it. You know, just like, you know, the guys like Matt Frank and, you know, Art Adams and, and guys like that. It would be nice. That would be that would be my little dream thing if I could just be connected to that. So I got out of it and uh, 
I was like, man, what am I going to do? You know, I did all this stuff. What can I do? And then lo and behold, I saw a um, posting for um, Colossal Kaju Combat. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of that. I have. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. So what happened was I saw it. I saw the postings. And I said, wow, this looks kind of interesting. And it was like, you know, I was like, man, this is, an, this is an interesting idea. So I said, man, how could I get on that? So I just said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to start drawing some of the characters as sketch cards and just post them. That's all I did. I said, I'm just going to draw. I saw a couple of characters. So I drawing the sketch cards. And then people started looking at it going, whoa, wow, that's really cool. That's really neat and whatever and such and such. And man, this is really cool. I said, all right. So next thing I know, I get an email from Simon Strange. Simon Strange contacts me and he goes, he said, I think it's a really cool idea. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. And he's like, well, he said, how'd you feel about doing like art for, for the trading cards there? And mm-hmm. I, for a trading card thing. And I said, sure. I mean, what am I going to say? No. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'll think about it. Like, what yeah, are you, I mean, yeah, you going to say there? It was a chance to be able to do trading cards and dealing with Kajus. That's yeah. all I was like. I was like, man, I'm down for that. And, yeah. I, and, and I actually loved that because the Kajus were all created by fans. Mm-hmm. So that was a challenge. I mean, usually how, how Simon would work was that Simon would send me, mm-hmm. you know, he would send me like the, whatever rough sketch that the people had generated, or even if they didn't, but then he would send a little blurb, like a little written blurb of, of what the creature character is about and whatever. And then I'll just draw and stuff like that. So that's how the, that's how the synergy was mm-hmm. and whatever. And I just, I just started cranking out illustrations and stuff. Yeah. And um, I, I must say, I'm really proud. I'm proud of how those sets came out. I, I, I'm not, I'm sad, I'm proud, but I'm sad that the concept overall um, never made it to where it needed to get to. I, I think that trying to do a video game um, is really tough. <laughs> you know? I don't know anything about the gaming industry, yeah. Uh, yeah. but, I, but I, from what I, from what I know about it, I, I, cause mm-hmm. I have friends who have worked in that industry before. Yep. Um, it's tough, man. It, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's tough for the developers. It's tough for the artists. It's tough for, yep. it's tough for the advertisers. I mean, it's just such a saturated market. It that yeah. It, it's, it's almost, no, you're fine. It's all, it's almost impossible. But what I was going to ask or what I was going to mention was, um, when I look at some of your artwork, I notice that you do do you do do some legacy monsters. You do some legacy yeah. kaiju and things. But yeah. I think per, for me personally, some of some of your best work has been what I would consider more original giant monsters. So yes. I'll, I'll ask you: <clears throat> Do you enjoy like do you enjoy doing sort of the more original stuff, or do you like working on the on the legacy? Uh, monsters like Godzilla, Gigan, Kong, etc. Yeah. Or would you rather just sit and draw original stuff all day long? Oh, I love original stuff. And and my reasoning behind it is is that, you know, Godzilla and Gamera and King Kong aren't hurting. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they, they already they they they've got their notches right in the, in the legacy tree. Sure. Um so to me it makes me really interest it is it interests me and, and it's really interesting to see newer designs come out. And newer characters come out because I believe that they need their chance. They need their their moment in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would prefer to work on on newer stuff. That's the stuff. It's funny the projects I'm working on, which I can't really again. I can't say too much about this comic project because you know, fingers crossed. I'm hoping that it get picked up. Mm-hmm. But again, it's dealing with kajus and mm-hmm. and and the, the bunch of unique looking kajus that I'm doing and stuff like that. You know, I, I want new fans to be able to look at kajus and 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 embrace them. Well, also, you know, you know, you don't have to unembrace Godzilla and you don't, you know, other characters like that because those characters are already legacy characters. It's like right. Superman. 
You know, when I look back at the, the how Superman, I'm like, Superman's not going anywhere. <laughs> no. You know, he's not going anywhere, but it's kind of nice to see new stuff like the boys or, you know, or, or whatever, new, new, new things coming out from people, superheroes and stuff like that, you know, right. because we, we have to keep it going. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing. That's why when I look at some of these, when people are making these comments about Kajus and I've been seeing all these postings about people railing on the MonsterVerse and all this stuff, I'm like, look, I've had people ask me, well, what's your feeling about it and whatever? I'm like, look, man, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm just happy they're talking about it. Right, right. I'm, 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 let me just, you know, stress that. Yeah. If, what if they weren't talking about it? What would you say? You know, what if, what if we didn't have media right now not even caring about mm-hmm. giant monsters or mm-hmm. giant robots? What would you say then? You know, so so let's let's just sit, let's take a seat back and just embrace that. Just the fact yeah. that literally a, a whole generation, new generation, knows what Godzilla is. Mm-hmm. I literally, when Pacific Rim first came out, I remember I was working at an agency, and this and it was so funny because it was like this woman who I clearly you knew I knew that she didn't watch kaiju movies right. that much, but you she can always find it. you can you always know when someone yeah, you has, know. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she she literally used the term she used the term kaiju. She was talking to me, and I forgot what the, what, the, what we were talking about, but she mentioned kaiju, uh-huh. and but she said it in a way where you know it just it was just one of the things where she just blurted it blurted it out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I just smiled because I was like, that's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's it. That's what you want. You want somebody who doesn't know anything about this. Yeah. And is embracing it now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there is a um <clears throat> there is a a section of the fandom and I'm sure you've probably mm-hmm. seen it. I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen it because you know, you're on yeah. you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're on yeah. Facebook a lot, I notice, mm-hmm. but you but you don't really say a whole lot when it comes to this kind of stuff, but yeah. there has when when the announcement for um Godzilla Singular Point came out a couple weeks yeah. ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was this there was a section of the fandom that was saying, "Well, why can't we get something like new, new. Why does it have to be the same uh, old legacy properties rehashed? Yeah. Um, so what, what I'm hearing you say is you're, you're sort of advocating for that new thing, but we, but let's, let's also appreciate what we've gotten so far. Let's not just, I'm trying to figure out how to word it in a way that doesn't make me sound like a real asshole, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just keep it real now. Keep it real. <laughs> um, but you've, but you've got these, you've got this section of the fandom that's, that's like, if it's not Godzilla, I don't want it. Right. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not Gamera, if it's not Kong, yeah. if it's not these legacy, yeah. uh, Kaiju, it's not these legacy monsters. I don't want it. Keep it yeah. to yourself. I don't want it. And then you've got this other section of the fandom here. That's, that's doing all this new stuff. Like for in, like, for example, I, I talked with my, my friend Henry, uh, yeah. last night and he's working on this huge project called apex and all the, oh, nice. all the, all the monsters in it are original. Everything yeah. is just from the, I mean, there is some callbacks to some, uh, classic cryptids and creatures and things that we cool. all know and love. But for the, for, I would say 99% of it is all original stuff. And then you've nice. got that section of the fandom that is really clamoring and really hungry for that. Yeah. Right. And I'm like you, I'm sitting here sort of in the middle where I'm just happy with what we've gotten. I was yeah. having this conversation the other day with somebody They're like, well, what do you think is going to happen after Godzilla versus Kong? And I said, well, look, I'm just happy for what we've gotten so far. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you would have told me 10 years, if you would have told me 
uh, 10 years ago or, or whatever that we would have sort of a set, like a, a quote unquote cinematic universe surrounding Godzilla and his yeah. giant friends. I would have laughed because yeah. that was never something that I feel like in the West really caught on. Right. Oh, yeah. And when it did catch on, it was in these little small niche groups like we have now. But, and this is something I've talked about on, uh, on the other show I'm on with my friend, Travis, uh, we're sort of in the middle of this renaissance, right? Where giant monsters, Ultraman, Kaiju, just th- that whole yeah. thing is getting this reappreciation and this reevaluation. And it's bringing in new and old fans alike. Now, it, it, that, comes with its, that comes with its growing pains, right? Yeah. Well, well look at, Ultra, you just mentioned Ultraman's at Marvel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, just, I just worked on an Ultraman uh, trading card set. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it hasn't come out yet. That's an unfortunate thing. I thought it was going to come out this summer. Sure. I can't talk about it, <laughs> which bummed me out. But right. I did sketch cards. I did sketch cards for this Ultraman set that's going to be coming out. Sure. From R- if, well, I can say it's coming from RR Parks Cards. I think I said it. RR, RR Parks Cards. Okay. And, and it's supposed to be coming out from them. But it's, it's gone. Like, I haven't heard anything. It's supposed to come out this summer. Mm-hmm. But again, Ultraman. The more I'm like, I'm picking up the Marvel comic book. It looks really nice. It reads really good. The art looks fantastic, but that's Ultraman. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a great time. I mean, what's the, the other movie that just came out? Love and monsters that's coming out. Yep. It's rented. It's ready to go. I just haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet, but I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then we yeah, yeah. Um, Amazon. Yeah. I got to check that out. Yeah. And then we've but got that, monster hunter coming in monster December. Hunter. I mean, I mean that these are the things like, see, again, I was a kid who grew up in the eighties. Sure, and I never believed that I was going to see the Avengers as a movie. Right, you know, it was like it was always in the back of my head, like, "Wow, it'd be really cool to see the X Men and whatever." And then it happened; these mm-hmm. things happened. So the same mm-hmm. thing, like with Godzilla and stuff, and, and these characters. I mean, I just appreciate the fact that the actual genre itself is enduring, and I think it. You know, for me, when I when I see fans who, who get really worked up and whatever, I don't know. You know, I just I, to me, I'm. I, I'm from the old school where yeah. I, I, can't, I can't allow myself to get worked up over that. First off, there's that point inside of me where I'm like, look, man, I don't own any of it. <laughs> it's not my property. You know, I don't own any anything to it. So I can't get really emotionally like crazy about it. Right. I love Godzilla. I love Gamera. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can't, you know, I don't own them. You right. know, that, you know, so the thing is that all I can do is worry about what's happening on my side of the fence sure. and see what happens. Like, I want to see as much as, again. That part of me where, just like your friend who's doing his book, you know, I'm, I'm doing a book and there's other people doing books and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, we would love to see more of the Kaju fan would sort of look at us, you know, put a spotlight on us. Because I'm always seeing that stuff where people go, well, I don't see a lot of Kaju. Where's the Kaju? I had one guy I, I saw once on Twitter where somebody said, uh, mm-hmm. hey, where's all the Kaju artists, the Western Kaju artists? So I said, I stepped right up. I said, hey, I'm one of them. Right. Yeah. There's a couple. They're all here. We do exist. Yeah. Well, he posting stuff and whatever. The thing is that we need you to be able to, you know, come aboard and, and look at our stuff and you can make your decision. You know, you, of course, you may not like everything that, that's how it comes out, but at least give it a chance. Mm. Yeah, there's you know? more. Uh, God bless him. I, I love Matt Frank, but mm-hmm. there's more artists out there than than Matt Frank. 
Yeah, and, and I and and, 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 yeah. I, and I love and respect Matt Frank. Yeah. I love his work. Uh, never met him personally. Uh, I'm sure yeah. he's a good guy, but I, I love his work and I respect his work. And Bob yep. Eggleton, him, I and he's been around yeah. since. Yeah, Bob's he, been around for a minute. Yeah, yeah, he has been. And I have yeah. all of those books, like all the books. I don't have all the the Dark Horse comics that he'd done, but I've done. Yeah. But I have some of the books, like the uh, the Mark Saracini books, where he illustrated yeah. he illustrated all those covers and whatnot, and um but I, and I love and respect those guys and I, and yeah. I, I do for all the work they've done, but there's more yeah. artists out there aside from than from, from those guys. Right. Right. There's, well, there's well, guys like you and destiny yeah. and, and Lisa Nafziger and some others yep. that are doing some really unique stuff. Well, the thing about it is again, I, I've, I've spoken to Matt and actually me and Matt worked on what colossal Kaju, you know, Kaju combat right. and stuff like that. And right. Matt's a cool guy, man. And I think the thing about it is that, Unfortunately, what I've what I've noticed as I because, you know, again, working in advertising and then coming into doing stuff, say, like for comic books and whatever, Mm -hmm. the fandom in comics is there's a lot of hero worshiping. Right. Like people worship. They literally worship a lot of these artists and stuff like that. They put them on these massive pedestals. Right. And and, and sometimes many of these artists don't want to, you know, they're not asking to be put on the pedestal. Mm hmm. You know, like me as an artist, I don't want somebody worshiping me. No, please do not worship me. <laughs> I don't need you to worship me. If right. you like my artwork, that's cool. I dig that and whatever. But right. you should not be worshiping somebody to the point where you can't see anything else. Right. That's that's my point. And, and you know, and the thing is, is that these artists they do fantastic work and whatever. But you also want to be open to the to the, the to, to the fact that there are other artists out there, mm-hmm. and that sense that there are different kind of styles, different approaches to doing mm-hmm. kajus and giant moth and giant robots and things like that. And you should, you know, appreciate that. When I was getting comic books back in like the late seventies into the eighties, there was such a vast variety of stuff that I could get from the Punisher to the Hulk to Fantastic Four to Gamera mm-hmm. to um, Dynamo Joe, you know, <laughs> I mean, they caught, you know, there was so much stuff that was out there that you could just see and stuff like that. And you can be like, you know, Oh wow, this is interesting or whatever. Yeah. It's such and such. But when, but if you just lock down to one single thing, then, you know, I'm almost like you're, you're kind of missing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is, I think a lot of folks struggle with, um, kind of getting stuck in this, in this own little bubble of this is what I like. This is the only thing I like. Yes. And I'm going to beat it to death until, Mm -hmm. uh, until I I don't know what the end result would be after you've done that, but no, I get what you're saying. There is a lot of hero worship in this, in this fandom and that's, and that's, and that's fine. Whatever you want to do with, with you do you, right. You do you, you do what you got to do. But the thing about that is, man, you know, like you said, that there are a lot more people out there doing so many fantastic things yes, yes. that need to be recognized. Like I just had uh, uh, my friend Lisa Nafziger on the show and nice. she's doing fantastic stuff. I think we're in the middle of uh Titano. I hope I'm getting this right, Lisa. I'm sorry if I'm not uh <laughs> Titanotober. I, I hope that's right. Uh, okay. I'd have to look at Twitter to be sure, but, uh, but no, she's doing some great stuff. Like she's, she I wrote her work. What is she? She's doing that. Um, uh, taking back Toku. Taking back to okay. Yeah, she. It's a, it's a web yeah. comic. Yeah. Yeah, because I've been seeing a bunch of stuff, and I've been following, trying to follow people, because it's like a lot. It's like, whoa, man, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Like to me, that's. I remember when I used to go to. Well, I used to go to cons a lot, and for mm-hmm. me, I used to love Artist Alley, and right. for me, I, I never felt that thing where some artists get jealous about other artists. I never felt that. For me, I'd always mm-hmm. always get excited. 
Right. And I would see various artists' style and stuff like that. For me, my first thought would be like, whoa, you that's pretty cool. And then I'd be like, oh, move aside, man. Let me get down there and draw with you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my first. You know, you know I, I get excited when I see yeah. um, different artwork and different different approaches to something. And then mm-hmm. I learn. I pick up certain things. I go, wow, that's kind of interesting. I like that. Hmm, all right, all right, cool. But but and I, and I, And I think that's how it should be. You know, we should always be respectful of one another and just be like, okay, look at the style and whatever and such and such. I, to me, I never have a problem with mini art. When I see their artwork and whatever, I, I, I'm, I'm a, if I was going to be a stickler about anything, critique anyone, it's more about the fundamentals of art. That's what I get on. Like if the fact that, yeah, you know, you, you got to have a background. Sure. <laughs> you know, you got to have an environment. You, you gotta, you're telling a story. You know, you got to, you know, look at your perspectives and stuff like that. But style, style is anything. I mean, yeah. my teachers, when I went to school, they were like, hey, look, we don't care how you build your house, you know, how your house is going to look, but the foundation has to be solid. Sure. Pretty much. As long as your foundation is solid, you can paint your house any way you want. You can build it any way you want, but that foundation has to be strong enough to hold up that house. And that's my view. So when people go, well, can you critique? I'm like, yeah. Sometimes when I get artists that send me stuff and I've, I've been, you know, I tell them, don't send me any concept image, you know, send you, should send your best work. Yeah. If you want to truly want to critique by somebody, you want to send your best work, final work. So mm-hmm. it's going to be final pen and ink, final pencil, right. or final color. But it should be final. Um, it would be nice to see backgrounds, <laughs> you know, because when I look at it, I remember what I went through, you know, because I had to sort of, you know, get forced into drawing things out. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to truly get hired by someone, then I can just have you drawing something floating in space. Sure. In like a white space. They're going to want something more. They're going to be like, oh, can you draw some some people sitting in a diner and then a giant foot comes and smashes through? Can you do that? Right. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough because even in my job, I don't do I don't do hand illustrations. That that is yep. not something I've ever been blessed with. Uh, I dabbled in it as a kid, but that's yep. not the avenue I went to. I went to I, I have a degree in uh, web design and marketing. My I have okay. a degree in web design and marketing, so that's where I that's go. sort of where I live uh, with my day job. And um, it's interesting when I'm uh, when I'm art directing someone. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and I'm, and I'm sort of coming from where you are, where I want to see the whole picture. I yes. don't want to just see a piece of it because I like, I like context yes. and I don't like taking things out of context. I like to know the, the entire, I need, I, I want to see the big picture. I want to see, yeah. you know, what you're working with, uh, so that I can give you the best, uh, uh, critique, uh, direction that I possibly can, because if I only see a piece of it, yeah. But I don't see the if I don't see what the work what context it's living in. Yes, I don't. I'm only giving you part of a critique. I'm not really help. I don't feel like I'm really helping you. Yep. In that area, I, I, I wish if I I often joke and I said, man, if I had the Thanos, you know, the Thanos uh, gloves <laughs> and stuff, you know, you know, in a joking man, like I, of course I would want peace and, and war, you know, world peace and stuff like that. But right, right, right. If I was just gonna speak on the artist level, I wish that. I would be like, please have every artist get a chance to work in an environment, like an actual studio element. Yeah. And I, I, I choose advertising because advertising was hardcore. Yeah. It was very hardcore. What I, what I liked about it was that people, I felt like it was an adult level. It was like people would come in, they were, they were skilled in what they did. And they were like, you're hired, you do this job because, you know, you say you can do this job and boom, 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 boom. And I, and I love that. So just like you were just saying, what effect you approach somebody and you're like, yeah, I want something in context and stuff like that. Now, see, somebody who's not used to that, they, they may have a breakdown Yeah. just by you asking that. 
Right. And that's a funny, and, and, and trust me, that does happen. It's, it's a yeah. weirdest thing where they'll be like, oh my God, what are you saying? Oh my God. Or like if somebody had to re-edit something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many times where I've had, um, tried to explain to various artists who contact me. I'm like, yeah, you know, for me, I, you know, I'm already, I'm always braced for the edit, the re-edit. Mm-hmm. I prepare myself mentally that somehow it's going to happen. It always shocks right. me if it's not. I'm like, whoa, okay. But already I'm, you know, just because I've done it for so many years. Right. But just the idea when I tell people that, they go, whoa, man, really? Yeah, yeah. You you, you have to, something may not work. I've had times where I've had to work with an art director who was in New York and working on their timetable. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure. like, oh, man, next thing I know, I'm thinking everything's good. And they're like, hey, man, uh, can you change that storyboard frame right there? You know, I want the character switched to the other side. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're going to have five more frames. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's that's something yeah. I've had to learn too. Is just yeah. coming up, right? You you yeah. like you as an artist and as a creative person, whatever you do creatively, you're always going to have that attachment to it. Yes. Um, but one thing that I've had to learn over the years is not to be so in love with my own work that I'm not yeah. going to be open to critique. Yes, like I'm like I'm like you. I'm always bracing for that that critique. I'm always bracing for that feedback. I never, ever turn in something to my creative director, to my bosses that I'm going to say, this is perfect. They're not going to come back with any edits. I'm I'm, I'm shocked when they, when they don't, I'm shocked when they say, package it up and let's, let's ship it off. That's, that's a fantastic feeling, but I'm like you, I always (laughs) brace for the edit. I always brace for the critique and I always, and I, and sometimes I'm depending on what I'm working on. I'm always bracing for that heartbreak because you get so yeah. invested in a project. Oh. Um, and you're oh. like, man, this is fan. This is great. Oh. This is a winner. And I think you get cla- I, I, and and it's not a bad thing per se, yeah. but it's like you get clout, you get sort of that, you get drunk on your own cre- creativity for a little bit. And then come to find out that you missed some of the, some of the big ideas that needed yeah. to be um, uh, illustrated in whatever yeah. you're working on. Right. So that's yeah. something I've always had to struggle with too, coming up in my career as well. Well, it's funny that you just mentioned that. I mean, the heartbreak for me, I've worked on a lot of different projects the other day. Well, not the other day, but last, last month I decided I had like a little free time and stuff in between um, gigs. And I was like, Oh, I said, let me just do a list. I did sure. this big list of, of just comic book projects, like books that I've actually worked on. Mm-hmm. that got published. And I was shocked because I did. I worked on a lot of various indie books and stuff. Um, one, Some of my artwork is made into a Dark Horse book, which I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But there's also the downside to that, where I've done work on various projects that have not, I don't even know, will ever see the light of day. You know? And when yeah. you've got, especially, you know, yeah, it's great to get paid. Look, it's yeah. great to get paid for it. But man, it's a sinking feeling mm-hmm. when something you, you worked on possibly may never see the light of day right it's a sad feeling and that's a reality of the business you know that's that's just like in hollywood and anything i mean how many movies that have been out there that we never see the light of day like a studio would just be like okay you you did it filmed it now we're gonna shelve it yeah that's when you have to put your big girl your big your big boy pants on and just move on to the next thing sometimes that's professionalism yeah, that's that's sure. that whole point of the perfect where you get chin up and just keep moving on. You know, the, my my whole personality is, um, and I remember my teachers always told me, they said, "Look, Frank, you know, you you got to bear that, you got to grin right through it, man. Just move on." Yeah. You know, and 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 you know what? It's always helped me because, in some degree, I've been able to, you know, move on to another project, and I'll find something exciting about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the funniest thing. I'll just be like, "Okay, well, cool, all right, whatever," and then I'll start getting into it. 
And I use that as my inspiration to kind of, you know, just get re-motivated. But yeah. that's just me. You know, I've had to learn to uh, smile through stuff. I've had doors slammed in my face. I've had um, people say my stuff sucked. And I mean, right, not not online either to my face. That's right. like this old school before the internet, you know, so. Yeah, one of the, uh, yeah. one of the, I went to a job interview one time. Uh, <laughs> I went to a job interview for an agency. They were hiring, uh, they were hiring 10, they were hiring 10 designers. And, uh, I was like, okay, so my stuff is solid. I got my portfolio. I got my CV. I've got everything with me. I got my little, I got my little custom business cards that I made Uh, specifically just for the interview. And I was not in that conference room, maybe five minutes. They skimmed my portfolio and they're like, nope. Not for us. Like, I'm sorry, but uh, you can go. And I'm, I'm like, do you? I mean, and I asked them. I said, Hey, do you have any? Do you have any critiques for me? And the, do you have anything? You maybe advice you want to give, or tell me why you didn't like it? And they're like, No, not really. Yeah. And then that was it. And then that's probably the most dishearten. That's probably the the most deflating experience I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, when I was well, coming. Well, I'll tell you. One of one of my mentors once told me. He said, Frank. He said, think of it in his term. He said, this is what's always got me through it. He said, one door closes, two more will open. Right. Two more closes, five will open. Right. And, I, and I'm telling you, I've, I've kept that in the back of my mind. So that's what helps me get over those moments. Like if a yeah. gig doesn't come along, I go, okay, fine. No, not a problem. I don't, I don't sit there and allow that moment to be like, oh, man, it's, I suck. And you get into beating yourself down and all this stuff and yeah. whatever. What I do is I use that as a way to reaffirmed that I had to get my hustle going. Yeah. So I've always, I've always been a, a strong hustler. Like I get out there and be like, okay, I call right to people and whatever. Hey, how you doing? Not being obnoxious because there's a fine line to being obnoxious and whatever, right. but you know, you get into presence just like right now. I mean, the same thing. Like when I post my artwork online, it's, 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 it's half cathartic because it's a lot of old projects I've worked on, but also it's a way for people to say, for me to show myself to people to be like, Hey, look, Hey, how you doing? I'm out here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I don't make no bones about that. Yeah, there's, I've noticed, um, I've noticed, especially like giant monster artists, they'll mm-hmm. post something like, I don't know if this is any good or I don't know, this may not be very good, but here it is. And they just sort of have this very, I don't know, very pessimistic, like they start out pessimistic from the get go. Yeah, Instead of just it. saying, this is my art, this is me, Yes. love it or hate it. This is, this is my, my hands made this, or, you know, this is what I came up with. And it's, it's really, it's really sad when you see stuff like that. You you see someone post something and they're maybe shy or they're nervous about it. And there is some of that. There is, you know, I get nervous when I post things too, but, um, but look, look at the, look at your reaction to it though. Yeah. See the thing about it. That's like the golden, that is the golden rule. You never, Ever like th- th- what I've noticed since the coming of the internet is yeah. that there's been this thing where people feel mm-hmm. you know, and I've had this conversation personally with my wife and, and other people where I've right. said, why do people feel the need to share so much of their emotions online? <laughs> like, go to therapy, talk to your friends, call your friends up, but it's like sharing that, like saying stuff like yeah. that, that out there. Yeah, it's like why would someone want to look at your artwork? Like, yeah, that's like the golden rule. If somebody's People who listen to this, please, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you right now, do not do that. Do not. If you if you want to get into the industry, 
whatever the industry, the art industry, and I speak of the art industry. I don't speak in just comic books or because those are just those are just parts, one small parts of the art industry. Sure. If you want to get into the art industry, please, please, please do not go up and, and and put a negative face to what your work is. You come out there and you feel proud and good about what your work is. Because honestly, when people hire you, mm. there's a lot of criteria to a person getting hired. You may be you may be the most amazing artist in the world, but if your personality is not a, a good personality, then clients may look at that and uh, a client may look at that and be like, "I don't want to deal with this person." Yeah, trust me. There's a lot of different criteria, so please, when you get out there and put your stuff out there, put the good face on it. Yeah. Be engaging. Try, and I know if a lot of people out there are trying to are dealing with emotional things and shyness. This this is definitely a great time to experiment to get to try to work on working on that shyness and, mm-hmm. and, and bolstering that, that, that positivity out there yep. and, and building up inside of you. Because the thing about it is that as soon as you do that, if you just put something out there and you say, well, you know, this is not the best, then someone, a potential client can look at that and be like, well, why don't I want to work with this person? Yeah, This person's sad. This person doesn't believe their own work's good. Yeah, what, Then immediately in their head, they're thinking a thousand things like, what is this person if I'm working with them and they can't get through the deadline? What is, mm-hmm. That's how people think. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm just saying that when clients choose somebody, there's a lot of other factors that play in. Yeah. And you have to be conscious of the facts so that when you when you, you, you go out there and put yourself out to the world, try to put your best foot. Now, don't be obnoxious. <laughs> you know, there's a fine line. It's the extreme. You want to be right, right in the middle. Right. You want to be like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? This is my name. I'm Frankie B. Washington. This is my work. Check it out. Boom. You know, you want to see some of my stuff or, you know, sometimes I started, one thing I started new was um, posting the YouTube because I, I didn't do it as much, but I started thinking about it. And I started seeing a couple of some other, um, some of my other peers who were doing it. I said, oh, you know, I'll just try to post some videos of me just drawing and sketching and whatever. Yeah. And I, and, and again, I find it cathartic when I get the free time. I said, no, I'll just draw this and whatever. And people seem to enjoy it. But in all of those, you don't see me saying, wow, this sucks. <laughs> You know, this is my crappy piece of artwork or whatever. No, this <laughs> is you know, it is. It's like, dude, this is it's art, man, and whatever. I'm not no, and even if I feel it, I don't say it. Yeah, that's one thing I learned from my teachers. They're like, don't ever say it. Yeah, they don't ever. They're like, if you if you feel the piece wasn't your strongest piece, you just right. go, well, you know, hey, it is what it is, and put it out there. And if people look at it, there's pieces that I've posted um, that I didn't think was the greatest thing, but people loved it. Right. You know, and I was like, cool. What am I to want? Who am I to come in and be a Debbie Downer and be like, oh, yeah, I don't know, man. I wasn't feeling it that day. How could you like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if, as long as it makes, let's see, my theory on that is as long as it makes someone happy, as long as it makes yeah. someone smile, as long as someone yeah. is enjoying whatever you put yeah. out, why the why the heck does it matter, dude? Yeah. Uh, I mean, why does it matter that it may not be perfect, like, or the colors may be off, or, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe these line, maybe this line work could have been a little bit more polished or, or whatever. I mean, why does it matter? Can you can you please explain to me what is perfect? I don't know what perfect is. Oh, there's no such thing as perfect, my friend. Yeah, exactly. There's no such thing because one thing that they drill that even when I was in school they drilled it into us, and and the agency that I work for they drill it into us that you know sometimes done is better than perfect. Yeah. Um, and then you you post it, you show it to the client, you do what you got to do, and then you work yeah. from there. And at the yeah. client, and as long as you're doing the best work you can, and if the client yeah. loves it, fantastic. If there's revisions right. that need to be done, that's that's great too. That's just how you learn. That's just how you grow. Um, but I want to ask you, Frankie, because you right. have a very um, 
you have a very you have a very uh, unique, I think, your art style. Like your mm-hmm. your art style is way different. Your art style is different than uh, some of the than a lot of the others that uh, I've seen out there. So, how did you develop that style over the years? Wow. Did how did, yeah? How did you develop your style? Well, I mean, the 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 the, the artists who I contribute um, to to how my my art style sort of um, sure. that I emulate. I don't even think I really emulate, but I was inspired by. Well, I want to use that word inspired by. Sure. Would be um, Jack Kirby, of course, and then uh, Herb Trimpey, who I, who I met and, and knew off and on and stuff, and then John Byrne. And then those would probably be the three that really influenced how my art style is. And, and pretty much the thing about it was um, with Herb Trimpey. Herb Trimpey was mm-hmm. the artist who did the Shogun Warriors, and he mm-hmm. did... Um, well, he did the Hulk. He did the Hulk, but also, but but in in our world, in our genre, <laughs> he did the Shogun Warriors and did Godzilla for Marvel Comics. Okay. And one of the things that I loved about those books, and I still ha- I still have them too. I have those books. Is that I love the the funness um, of them. They, they they to me his style captured a lot of how how I envisioned the Showa era of Toho movies, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the monsters were flipping around, they moved around and stuff <laughs> like that. It was a it was an energy to them that I really loved. Yeah. And he actually drew that. I felt that it had a, that, that kind of power and energy to it. Jack Kirby, of course, because of his dynamic nature. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, I, you know, I love working, doing a, a very heavy blacks, a lot of blacks, mm-hmm. um, but the, the more um, uh, strong brush lines and stuff like that, just to try to capture that old school retro feel. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking of Showa, Showa era, you know, kind of movies and stuff like, yeah. you know. King Kong versus um, well, King Kong versus Godzilla and um, destroy all monsters and stuff like that. The movements so when I'm drawing these these giant creatures, I'm like, man, how would that be if I was, you know, is that is that was like that moving around and stuff like that. So there's some level, there's a small hint of, of seriousness, but then also there's almost a little bit of like a, a very exaggerated, a very kind of exaggerated kind of, um, I guess the, the old school Marvel way of, of like, you know, just fun with it. Yeah, you know. So that I would say that's myself. When people contact me, I just say, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm retro, definitely retro." Okay, because I know retro uh, that means a whole lot of di- that could, yeah. nowadays that means a lot of different things to a lot yeah. of different people. But yeah, I, I've um, I've I've seen some of the old cover art for the Godzilla uh, comic books, and yeah. I I think your I think your your style is the closest I've seen in a more in a in a modern context. Yeah. Um, I love I love um, primary. Mm-hmm. The, the the comic book that that I'm working on right now, um, I'm sitting there coloring it, and it's just the nice, vibrant colors. Again, yeah. it's things like flats. Because the thing is, my work has a lot of blacks in it, and yeah. so um, one of the things I learned when I was working in animation is not to overpower that. You just you just lay down some flats, man. Yeah. And um and and it, and nice bold colors. One of that's one of the major things people love about my work. They go, man, it's so bright. Yeah. <laughs> so vibrant and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. When I grew up, when I walked into a comic book store, the comic books were like, "Whoa, you know, you you got pulled in," you know. Yeah, yeah it was it was um. I mean, you had from a from a marketing standpoint, that's yeah. smart. That's why you see, um, that's why you see a lot of brands use bright, bold, very warm colors, is because you know that kind of stuff is what attracts the attracts the eye of the user or the attracts the yeah. eye of the buyer. And that's really what you're trying to do there. Yeah. And I think your style where it is so bold and just very colorful, it fits your personality. Right? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it, it does. It fits your personality. What I've, what I've seen of you online, just interacting with all the other fans in the fan base. Yeah. Um, 
that, you know, you have this big, large, sometimes I feel like you just have this big, larger than life personality, I feel like. And uh, I've watched old interviews with you um, and just to kind of get a sense of who you are. And it, I think your style really fits on what um, on you on a personal level. And I can kind of see that. I, I like that, that you said uh, that you're, you try to, you have Showa in the back of your mind because, you yes. know, to me, Showa is the best era. Uh, yes. Not because I'm nostalgic, not just because I'm nostalgic for it, yeah. but um, because that's sort of what, that's all I had growing up was the Showa era films. Like yeah. we didn't get the Heisei era films until much, much later. Um, but there's just the storytelling. To yes. me, in the Showa era was better. Yes, right. Yes. It wasn't just monster fights in a light show like it ended up being in the Heisei era. At least, stories. Yeah, they were very they were serious, serious stories. stories. It was like, wow, you watch them and you go, oh man, like you you cry. Like it's like I was like, oh my god, there's some serious stuff. And then it would there would be some little hints of like humor sometimes, mm-hmm. but it just had a lot of different emotional stuff. Right. And you can watch it. You can literally to this day I can watch it, man, and I still be like, wow, it'll take me back. Like I can look at it, you know. How you watch a, a show, like there's certain shows that I've watched, or movies that I've watched from from the '80s, and I go, "Oh man, I, this didn't hold up," <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And you go, "Man, it, it, that just didn't hold up." But then you can watch those, man, and they still, yeah, to this day they still hold up. The music, oh my god, Akira's music, yeah. Oh, oh, you don't know how. Like I got so giddy, man, when um I watched um King of the Monsters, and they just had that small little taste of his music in there. Yep. Yep. Oh, he comes back up. I'm like, oh my god, thank you, thank yeah. you. I mean, as much as as much as I even like things like Shin Godzilla, or mm-hmm. uh, I've I'm still not super high up on the anime trilogy. I'm I'm trying. Yeah. I, I will just say anyone anyone out there who loves it, I'm sorry, but I'm trying. Right. It, it's it's just hard uh, because because that series is just so depressing. Like I just my, can't. My, yeah. My my feeling is is that I don't want people not to be able to have the power to critique. Critique right. something, and if you yeah. don't enjoy it, fine. You don't enjoy it. What I find that I, that's kind of disheartening yeah. is when you see somebody who's blatantly trying to. Um, it seems almost to destroy, like mm-hmm. destroy the experience for other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like even though somebody is, it doesn't even know about it, they're like, "Well, don't watch it." They'll say stuff. So I'll see posting like, "Don't watch it," and it's like, well, "Who? You, why? Why are you telling somebody not to watch something? Yeah. Maybe they might have a different experience, right? Than what you had." And you shouldn't be telling someone to stop. That's just it's just yeah. not right, man. Maybe there's a lot of things I don't like, but I don't go on I'm not gonna go online and be like, you know, trying to tear it apart and whatever. I mean, I just why would and I sit there and I go, Wow, you have the energy to do that. Why? Yeah. There's other things you can be doing. Like anytime if I ever felt like that, immediately what happens to me is I go, Well, I guess it's time for me to start drawing something. <laughs> you know, right. I go, why am I why first off why am I devoting my time and energy to even thinking about this? And then yeah. I go, I got to create some art. That's what yeah. gets that. That's what gets me out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, out of that way of thinking and stuff. Yeah. Fine. If someone doesn't like something, the whole Godzilla, to me, my feeling on that whole Netflix Godzilla thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't my cup of tea either, but I was like, well, you know, they did it. You know, do I, do I dream of a day where they can do a, an amazing animated a Godzilla animated show that could almost mirror the Zilla show? Remember the Zilla? Oh, man. I, I love that show. I going that. That, that was incredible. I can watch that, man. That, that's incredible. I still do watch it to this day. Yeah, I, I have the DVD and I'll pop it in every now yeah. and then to remember what that was like. Yeah, it was incredible. And I think the thing is, is that I would love to see. A Godzilla one, preferably. I like to see G, the G fourteen, the Monsterverse, if they ever decide right. 
since right. it's the newest one and whatever to do that. But th- whatever. But I would love to see something on that level where it's first off, it would be nice if it was animated. Like mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a stickler for 2D animation. Mm-hmm. If it was really well 2D animation with some limited CG work, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that for that. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit there and knock down what you know these other people have done because again, I've worked on the other side of it. That's another thing too is that. You know, I'm one of those people where I'll sit in a movie and I'll watch all the credits and I'll smile because I'll see all these artisans who are getting paid to do their work, getting work done. I yeah. think in that term because I'm one of them. Yeah. I used to be behind yeah. the scenes. I know the thing about production is tough. Production yeah. is about, and I'm sure you know as well, yeah. that production is a committee. And many times <laughs> there's a lot of changes. And I think sometimes <laughs> with the fandom, they don't understand that side of it. Just like comic books. Like they'll look at comic books. Yeah. And they'll be like, wow, you know, huh? so it's like, they'll make these, 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 these comments. But it's like, dude, you understand that from the point of you getting that in your hand, mm-hmm. what it take to get there and how many people have had to say, who, who put their mark on this, to change certain things. Yeah. That happens. So I'm, for me, that's why I don't really comment so much because I'm mindful of that. Yeah. You know, and, and, but, but also, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it wasn't, it's not the greatest thing to me. I, I wasn't like, oh man, I was bowled over. When, when that Godzilla thing, I watched the new one as well, but I was like, I sat back and I said, you know what? They did it. Yeah. So I said, I'll just leave it at that. They did it. I'm glad that the, that the brand itself is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And I left it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you can do so much with, you can do, I feel like you can do more with uh, 2D and 3D animation that maybe you could, you oh. can't even do with Tokusatsu, like suit. To, Cause I know there's this, like, I would, per, me personally, I would love to see another live action Godzilla movie or kaiju film with a, with guy in suit, that kind of movie. I would love to see yeah. that because I grew up with that, but I understand that that's not where the audience is right now. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just not, that's just not going to happen for a while. And when it does, um, I mean, I, I hope it does happen, but what I was going to say just a second ago was I'm, that's why I'm very hesitant to just make it just a, a blanket statement. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Like I don't do that because I'm like you, I understand, uh, maybe not from, from a product, like from a movie production or, yeah. or whatever standpoint. Cause I'm, I don't live in that world, but yeah. I understand what kind of work goes into putting a, a piece together mm-hmm. an artistic piece together in yeah. a small way. And that's why I'm very hesitant to say, well, you know, that, that, that just sucks. Like, cause I just feel like that's, that's one thing that's insulting to, yeah. to, to distill it down into just that sucks because, okay, so what didn't you like about it? And I like to, yeah. I like to have those conversations yeah. with people yeah. where they're like, where I asked them like, okay, so you say this sucks, but yeah. there has to be something, there has to be yeah. something you like about it. Like yeah. it can't just be all bad. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you, you, I, you see everything that we all kind of see in the giant monster fandom, right? Okay. Yep. Um, so given that you are an, ex- like you are to me, one of the, probably the more po- one of the most positive voices out there. Wow. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being deadly serious because there's, wow. been a, there's been a lot of negativity in the last, yeah. Ah, like maybe a couple months or so. And yeah, I think, like, well, you know, what's funny. It's like, I really don't see this. It's funny that you, you said this because I really don't know my, my place in, in, in the, the Kaju fandom. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I right. don't know if people are like checking my stuff out or whatever. I just, you know, I see a few people engage, but yeah. I, you know, I just, I just post things out there. 
Yeah. And I really don't know what impact. Like, I don't. But, yeah. but it, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't, I'll go, well, okay. No, no, I mean, you're, I mean, you, when you do post stuff, when you do interact yeah. with people, it's, it's, you don't interact as much as maybe some like me or, or some others, yeah. like this little, this little tight niche circle of people that, you know, yeah. I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. But, but yeah, man, when you, when you, say something or post something it's to me it's impactful because you always bring that level of positivity with it um so i said all that to ask you from your perspective Mm -hmm. as an artist as just a fan as just someone who's kind of looking who's on who's on the inside but can also be objective enough to look on the outside what what advice do you have for for folks inside this fandom right now because i'm sure you've seen like right now it's been a little bit of a weird time. You've, we've got COVID yeah. we've got, we've got everything going on in the political spectrum and we've got all this and all that going on. Hey, hey, I'll tell you another thing. I'm, I'm really surprised about that whole thing that dropped on G fan. What the, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't even know what's going on with that. I remember getting G fan. I haven't gotten G fan in years. I'll be straight up with that. But you know, but I started seeing posts coming on. I was like, Whoa, what the, what's happening here? But anyway, I'm not going to, I won't hop on that, but yeah, I guess, I guess my view on it is just, again, it's like, I, mm, my feeling is that you, you, I tend to look at things where, um, I, and this has taken me years, mind you. I remember I, I, you know, when I was younger and I'll say like in my twenties and stuff, oh yeah, I, I was a hard head and I ended up going to therapy. <laughs> I had to go to head, yeah, yeah. I, I had a very hard head right. and I, I need to go to therapy and I went to therapy and I had a fantastic therapist who helped me kind of, um, mm-hmm teach me how to, the tools to be able to deal with a lot of stuff that, that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about it was he said, Frank, you know what? He said, you got to learn how to breathe and take a right. pause. And, and I've always held on to that, to take a pause and, and, and begin to rethink before you even put something out there in the world and stuff like that. Just take a moment and just breathe yeah. before you put out. Think about what you're doing. What I, the post that I see sometimes, I can tell that many people on both mm-hmm. sides, from the fans to even the pros, I see people posting stuff built uh, coming off from a gut reaction. Yeah, they have gut reaction and emotional kind of response to stuff, and then next thing you know, give them give them like a day later, they're they're posting another tweet or whatever saying how they regret what they said. Right. <laughs> and the thing about it is that <laughs> could you imagine what would happen if you just breathed? <laughs> that first moment before thought about it a little more before you thought about putting it out there. And, yeah. it, and it's a, again, it's like in life, think, just think like, try to focus, try to visualize in your life. Like if you were out in the open, mm-hmm. like out there in the world and whatever, walking around and you know, yeah. say like, you know, would you have the same reaction that you would have if you were posting? Like, you know, again, it's rapid emotional kind of thing. And you just, ah, and whatever, <laughs> would you really be doing that? I know, I know. <laughs> I'm not, no, I, no, I'm, I'm laughing because no, I, I, I'm laughing because you're preaching right now. You, you yeah, are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but because, I'm off it. You know, it's just take that. Every time I, if I, if I even feel a little itch of that in the back of my my head, yeah, I think about what my my therapist told me. He said, Frank, just breathe. Just take a moment. Yeah. It's like you don't have to force out. Like try to get that emotional thing right out. Yeah. You know, it's just take a moment, think about it, get perspective. For me, what helps me is my art. You know, I'm, I'm almost people where as soon as I start getting that feeling, 
You know, I'll go to my art or I'll talk to my wife or if I had, you know, my friends or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll hit them up and be like, yo, dude, let's just talk for a second or whatever. Let me just, yeah. you know, in most cases I bounce stuff with my wife. I go, I'll take a moment. I go, you know what, honey, what did you, th-? and then she'll be like, well, Frank, just, what do you think? And then she'll lay some ideas. But again, find, if you have mm-hmm. people that are, that are close to you and whatever, talk yeah. to them, talk to them before you do this stuff. Because I, I, I'm, to me, it saddens me when I see people who do this, because what happens is. Every time you do something like that, when you post something out there, you're letting hundreds, if not thousands of people see a part of you. And what's going to happen is that's what they're going to see and that's what they're going to walk on. Mm-hmm. It's almost like try to imagine, and this happened to me. I remember years ago when I had a chance to go to Italy and, yeah. I, and, I, and I was drinking and I, <laughs> I was you know drinking like a fool, drinking a bunch of wines and whatever, and right. I started acting really silly. Right. I lost it. it was in Tuscany and I lost it. Right. And I did not violently, but I just was really stupid drunk. And yeah. then I, I lost it, puked on the bus and everything. And the next day, everyone kept bringing it up. Yeah. And at first, a few couple of times it was funny. But then after a while, it just started getting on me. You know, getting on my nerves because it was one of those things where You're I became- embarrassed by it. Yeah, I became a butter joke. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it sucks, you yeah. know. And so think of it in those terms where it's like you put something out there now everyone, not not just a hundred people, not even twenty people, a hundred people, a thousand people of unknown faces are out there that see this, and they're making a judge. Some could be bots, some could be trolls, just trolls, just whatever. But regardless of what, they're going to be coming at you. Mm-hmm. And so, just be conscious of that. Just bear that in the back of your mind, you know. And it, and also another thing too is that if you're trying to enter into the field as an artist and you want to get clients and stuff like right. that, clients are watching. Right. I, and again, I can't stress the writers out there or, or artists, any artisan or whatever who's trying to get out there into the professional business. People are watching. People are seeing what you're posting. And yeah. the thing is that if you put out your worst foot, they will remember that. Yeah, they I will. Would, I would even argue that uh, at least now, at least in the last several years, that your CV really doesn't even matter because. Yep. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> because they're going to, what they're going to do is they're going to look at your work they're, first of all, first of all, they're going to make a judgment call about you on your work and see if it's, if you're solid, if you have solid work, that's, mm-hmm. that's a point in your direct, it's a point for you. Mm-hmm. But the next thing they're going to do, and this is what people have told me, the next yep. thing they're going to do is they're not going to even read your CV until yep. they go find you online. Yes. They're going to go look at your Twitter exactly. feed. They're going to go look at your Facebook, your Instagram, exactly. whatever. Uh, exactly. and, and if, if, if you're out there acting stupid, if you're out yep. there acting like, you know, if you're just out there acting like a fool, yeah. then you, they're not going to hire you because yeah. they're, especially if you're going to be working for an agency, uh, yeah. they're looking for someone who can be a team player. First of all, yeah. They're oh, looking, yeah. yeah, they're looking for someone who can do the work. Yeah. You have the skills, but if you're out here acting dumb, yeah. then they're not going to hire you, you know? Yeah. So no, no, you bring up a good point. It's funny. I'll, I'll tell a quick story and stuff where, uh, you know, no, you're fine. That- go ahead. During that period, during that period where I was just, you know, I, I was very curious about doing various gigs and whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm interested in maybe doing erotic art, right? I just, okay. you know, oh, let me just try it. Right. So I actually did. I ended up getting this gig with a, uh, a, 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 a <laughs> it, was, it was a swinger, it was a swinger company in okay. England. So they saw my work and whatever, and they hired me, got paid okay. for it, did a, did a swinger comic book. It was pretty, pretty raunchy. Okay. And then uh, I did that. And then I also did some other stuff for this other client. It was like some cards or whatever. And um, and what happened was, like an idiot, 
I had a fa- I had a website at the time, and I decided I was like, oh, I don't care. I'm just gonna put these up. I put a, not you know they were censored and whatever censored, sure. but sure. they still came up. So I was like, oh wow, these are pretty detailed pieces of work. Well, what happened was um, I noticed that I wasn't getting calls from like my usual you know, you know my you know, I had a bunch of agencies under my belt at the time, and um, I was mm-hmm. like, man, it's pretty quiet, right? You know, yeah. it wasn't the time for a quietness. So I was like, wow, that's really weird. So then. I was, I'm very grateful, and this is the thing where I, you know, I'm glad that I, I built up such a, a kind of, um, you know, I, I was I had a lot of art directors who knew me and stuff like that, so they 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 were like, oh Frank, you know, they they would contact me and let me know things that were going on or whatever. So one of my art director fr- uh, friends, people acquaintances, contacted me and he said, Frank, he said, um, he said, yeah, what's going on? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, yeah, we tried to look on your um, page because I we got this gig coming up, and I was trying to show my um, creative director too some of your work, sure. and you got flagged. And I said flagged, and he said, "Yeah, dude." He <laughs> said There's something going on with your page and stuff, and um, I think you got to take care of it. Yeah. And I went back and I said, "Whoa!" And I sat there and I had that one moment thought, and I said, "Look," I said, "For this one little moment where I, I was curious about working in erotic art, and it's such yeah. a niche market." Yeah. There's no way I'm going to use. I was going to let that destroy. Right. The amount of work that I was doing for ad agencies and whatever, right. and so I killed that. I killed. I was like, okay, no problem. I killed that. And I said, and, and from that point on, I said, you know what? Those that's not the kind of stuff I want to do. I want to do yeah. stuff where people, all people, can see it and whatever, yeah. and enjoy it and whatever. And 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 I want to build my rep. And that's another mm-hmm. thing too for many artists and writers out there. It's all about building the rep. I know it's like a, a foreign word these days, but it's <laughs> it's an important thing. Your rep means a lot. It does. People pass your name around. They go, wow, this person's really good and such and such. They, they crush deadlines. Yeah. They get the job done. We can tell them what to do. We don't have to babysit them. <laughs> you know, it's all, that's what you want. You want a client to be able to say that about you. But, right. you know, you won't get the chance if you're posting horrific crap. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Horrific crap online, man. It's like, whoa, okay. They're not even going to get passed. They're not going to know who you are. No, I, I think you bring up that's a that's a that's a really valid point. I mean, yeah. you you do what you got. I mean, whatever you want to do, like as a freelancer or yeah. or whatever, just just realize that you there are trade offs, right? Mm-hmm. There are you got to make trade offs when you work in an industry like this because you all it takes is like like sort of how your story went. All it takes is one little piece of art to get yeah. you known for something you may not be want to be known for right just and it and that's fine if you want to dabble in things if you want to dabble in different areas that's fine if you want to try your hand at something you know you do what you got to do but just know that sometimes you sometimes you are going to be making trade-offs um so and and i'll just add too i i've never been a person this is just my just my own opinion personal opinion sure never been a person who dealt with um trying to eroticize um, branded characters or anything like that. I'm not a big fan of that. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like rule, not rule, uh, not quite rule 34, but uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I get you. I, I get yeah. you because well, I'm yeah. I'm not a hundred percent on board with. Well, I'm yeah, I'm not a hundred percent on board with that at all because. And here's my and here's my thing about that is yeah. and I and I've I've had this conversation with a lot of people and you know some will say well it, why does it matter yada 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 the 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 artist is just expressing themselves and that's valid yeah, yeah you should be free to express yourself however you feel like expressing yourself but just know that especially when you are an artist or someone someone who works 
in a genre that mm-hmm. is that has a lot of children, has a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh, that's the part where it makes me uncomfortable. Like when you yeah. see uh, some of the shipping stuff, like, and some of it's innocent, you know, Mothra, Godzilla shippers. I mean, I don't, eh, it's, cr- it's some of it's cringy, but you know, you do what you got to do. Uh, but when you get into like rule 34 kind of stuff, uh, yeah. just know that, you know, kids are going to be seeing that. And that's the part that really bugs me about it. Well, like I say, I'm like, I, again, it's like you, these, these characters are mm-hmm. owned by companies. That exactly. too. Yeah. That's also a very valid point. Yeah. I don't know if Toho wants to see, yeah, uh, yeah. Because, because I, I used, I had a person come to me and they asked me about the whole con thing. They were like, hey, so what do you feel about drawing characters at shows and whatever? And I yeah. said, I said, Look, I'll be honest with you. Cause I mean, cause when I would go to shows, I did, I was one of those rare people that did Godzilla and monsters and people loved that. They were like, sure. Oh wow, you know, you're not drawing Batman. I was like, no, no, I'm not drawing Batman. But I would see a dozen other people doing Batman. I said, look, D, uh, DC and Marvel and Toho, I don't really think that they, they have a big issue with people who have shows and if they're drawing characters and whatever. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is when you're taking that brand and you're doing t-shirts and a bunch of merch and you're mm-hmm. trying to sell a bunch of it. That's when mm-hmm. I think it gets the, the back of their hair up in a little heckle. They'll be like, all right, all right, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. But also, if you're taking their characters and you're doing, and you're putting these characters in a, a, you know, doing them in such a way that's against what their brand identity is, then yeah, they they may have a problem with it, <laughs> yeah. and rightfully so. They'll be like, hey, look, you know, this is not how our character is, and then they, by since they are the copyright or trademark owners of it, they have the right to go after those people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get angry if if that's the case. No, you know. That's no. just that's just my humble opinion on it. Like yeah. I think it's a far different thing when if you yeah if you're drawing Godzilla fighting even like you just mentioned I I've seen some artwork some beautiful artwork of like yeah. Godzilla with Mothra but they look like the characters but drawn cheaply or whatever and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think Toho has an issue. They're like, all right, what well, are you talking about? The monsters are legendary. You're talking about you know the monsters, but if you're showing them in such a way that goes against everything like what their brand is about, yeah, they may have an issue with it. And rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, right. For, yeah, I mean, they do own that property, they own and that. you know, they tend to forget. I think sometimes they tend to forget the fact that just like Spider Man, you see it with the comic books and whatever. Like fans, they they get so angry about the fact of like how you know these these, these companies are doing their characters, but the end result is that they own the characters. It's almost like if you owned your character, mm-hmm. you can do anything you want with your character, mm-hmm. right? You own it. You can do right. anything. It may not make if you have fans. Your fans may not. Um, not like it, or they may not understand which where you're gonna go with it. But regardless of what, you own that character. You can do anything you want. So it's that yeah. same thing, like with Marvel and whatever. When I watch Marvel, I'm like, oh, there you go. That's that's their characters, and they're doing their thing. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah, and that's same. such a good argument for what we were talking about earlier, where uh, I pointed out that you do a lot of unique. Uh, non-franchise giant monsters and mechs, right? That's yeah. that's sort of the argument for that, where if you come up with your own character, yeah. um, like Henry, uh, Henry, my friend, he, he one of his characters is Tyrannus, which is this giant, yeah. uh, uh, the way he described it was a giant penguin-like Tyrannosaurus Rex-type kaiju. Nice. It's really it's really interesting. Is, uh, he, doing, is he doing a comic book or a novel? He is actually going to, I think the plan is because uh, he's trying to get a book, he's trying to get a novel, but he's also trying to get a no, like a, um, a serial uh, audio drama put together oh, for it. That's and, 
Nice. It's coming with what he's what he's been up to is trying to illustrate a what he calls the Apex Field Guide. Uh, so he's got, I think, at the at the point of this recording, he told me last night that he has like 160 different characters, Whoa. Uh, monsters and mechs that he's been working on. And yeah, I mean, uh, this COVID has been a blessing in disguise for for him and a lot of people because they've been able, like folks like you and him, have been able to work on some of their passion projects yep. throughout through all this. And it's been a nice distraction. It's been a healthy thing for them. But what I was saying was, uh, you know back to the because i know i don't know copyright i'm not a copyright lawyer just let me put this out there do not listen do not come to me for legal advice yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I, but yeah it's like yeah you just know that somebody owns something yeah yeah that's it. that's a that's a simplistic view of it yeah yeah you do and if you and if you come up with your own character then no one can say anything right if it's if it's if it's your own character like you come up with your own different kaiju character you own that i mean you can do whatever the heck you want to do with it man uh so well, let me ask you, Frankie, I mean, you've, you've put out some, you've put out some great work I've seen in the last several months. What are you working on right now that you can tell us about to, to give us a little taste of what's coming in the future for hey, you? Cool. Actually, actually, I can't speak about some stuff. Well, um, I, I did some stories um, called uh, Frankengore. Frankengore is a sort okay. of, um, uh, it was created by John Freeman and it, it, it pretty much it's a, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to do it justice. John Freeman created this character. He wrote the story, and um, the character is is based loosely off of King Kong Escapes. That was how he first pitched it to me. But it's not King Kong. He's a totally different character. Um, but he was like, "Well, Frank, do you like King Kong Escapes?" And I was like, "Yeah, I love that." And he's like, "Well, he's like, I want to do a homage to it." Um, so I said, "Well, just be careful." I said, "Again, we don't want to do King Kong Escapes." He said, "No, no, no." He said, "What I want to do?" He said, "What if we if I did a story?" about this character called Frankengore. Because he has this whole big thing. He has this whole Frankenstein universe. And Frankengore is um, this giant uh, ape-like creature that has horns on his head and whatever. And and pretty much he's already battled a bunch of different monsters. So pretty much his story dealt with him leaving a battle and he's just trying to get back to his home. So that was the basis of the story. And so he said, Frank, you know, um, I want to do a short story. So he did a short story. And we, he, he ended up sending it over to Alterna Comics. And then they put they put the um, first story in there. Mm-hmm. It came out on a Wednesday uh, comic book. And so that's the first story that went in there. Uh, and, and, and it was, it was um, I did it full color. So it's full color and stuff. And, and so that one's in there already. So it's already, it's like at Alterna, Alter, excuse me, alternacomics.com. Okay. So it came out on Wednesday. And then the second story should be coming out, I believe, in December. And it came out on a Wednesday. But also, I did another Kaji story, which was a lot different than Frank Gore, which is mm-hmm. called TKS1. And this one is um, was written by a um, person that I'm currently doing a comic book right now. That's the guy I'm pitching with. Sure. Uh, name, um, oh my God, Matthew Burke. Matthew Burke. And I've worked with Matthew Burke for, for like yeah. five years. He's had me doing like uh, this web comic series that he has and whatever. So... He um, had this this idea about Team KS1 where it was pretty much the future and you have um, these special armed um, kaju fighters. They're in these special military-like battle suits and they go out and they they fight giant kajus in the future. And so we did a short story and we submitted it to It Came Out on Wednesday and the first story went inside there and, and people liked it. And pretty much the idea is that um, 
I don't know if you remember the show Inhumanoids. I do. Yes. Okay, there you go. I, I did a piece about Inhumanoids, but think of that in that term of like the characters who have a special battle suits and they just go out and, and they're still human size, you know, whatever, but they're fighting Kajus in the future. So that story, um, the first story came out, it came out on Wednesday and um, another story is coming out. And then to top that one off, I also worked on a short story for Legends of Log. Mm-hmm. Legends of Log is another alternate comics, comic series. Um, the creator, Sky, um, no, excuse me, Sky, he's going to kill me. Ski, Ski Sadonski. I think that's his, I'm not looking at his name on the thing, but I think that's what his name is. But um, he um, is technically about this, um, it's almost like a fantasy kind of story, but Log is like this animated giant Log <laughs> Uh, <laughs> character, yeah, that's what it is, and he has like arms and a leg, and he just fights. He protects his um, place called the North Wood, the Great North Woods. Um, so he it's has like a- so, sort of like a sword and sandal, or exactly. yeah, something like that, I think. Okay. Where he just protects it against these mystical attacks from giant creatures and, and okay. monsters. I call it Kajus too. So sure. he um, he liked what I was doing. He liked some of the stuff that he saw. And he said, "Frank, would you mind doing a um, short story mm-hmm. that I just wrote?" And I said, "Sure." So um, that story should actually be coming out. Actually, it should be coming out this week. Okay. So, so people can know what it is. So again, go on Alternative Comics, Legends of Logs, Issue 2. I think that's where my story pops up. And then the other, my other stories popped up and uh, it came out on a Wednesday. Um, okay. So yeah, so I'm definitely doing stuff in the Kaju community and stuff. And, yeah. You know, just want, just want, I want to, when I, when I tell people, I'm like, I want, I know that the fandom's out there and if they truly are, want to read stuff that's kaiju based we're here so come on come on down come on read it (laughs) and that's one thing i was uh just sitting here thinking about that one thing that i really enjoy about our little corner of the internet that i don't see a whole lot a whole lot of uh in other fandoms like marvel star wars etc where we tend to and I, this may be because we're so small and so niche, yeah. but we tend to really band band fairly tightly together and we support yeah. each other. Yes. Uh, and I think that's really important because, and that's something that I've noticed from, uh, from you and some other artists out there that oh, yeah. we all tend to stick together and we all tend to try to promote each other. It's an amazing genre. You know, I've, I've just me, I've, I've been yelling at the top of the mountain when I go on and talk about it. So it's so funny because I'm now seeing other people who've never, yeah. you can tell that they've never really used kaiju. They started to use it now and stuff when they talk about monsters that they have, giant creatures or whatever. <laughs> go, hey, kaiju. I'm like, yeah, dude, where'd you hear that from, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, though. It's all good. I'm like, that's 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 it, man. I want yeah. to be infectious. It should be infectious. The genre has existed yeah. since, let's just say, I don't know, what Godzilla 1950? No, 19, 1954. 54, yeah, 1954. Yeah. So think about that. It's been around a long time, man. Yeah, it has been. I mean, it's got so, there's so many avenues that that you can explore in this genre that you don't always yep. have to be rehashing the same old stuff over and over. And I, I appreciate the same old stuff. I love the yeah. same old stuff, but I... I'm with a lot of people uh, that maybe just a little bit of a taste of something brand new won't hurt. No, and it, it, it won't. That's the thing. We we can have all of it. It's a big pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I personally I don't want to see those characters. I don't want to see Godzilla and and Gamera and all those wonderful characters be put to the the wayside, man. You no. know, I want to see. You know, I want them. To, I know that they're going to still be there. But again, let's embrace some of this new stuff. This wonderful new stuff yeah. that's coming up. So another generation. 
yeah, can 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 go off of that, and then so on and so. And you just keep it going. That's how you yeah. keep things going. You don't if you know you don't if you if you just get to a point where it's stagnant, then you know what are you going to have? Eventually, somebody's going to pull the plug on it. That's my feeling. Yeah. Eventually, just, it's eventually from a business standpoint, it's not going to be profitable yeah. anymore because no one's going to be yeah. watching, no one's going to be reading. Um, that's why we. That's why you, like I said, we we you do need a little taste of something new, whether that whether that you're you're taking an old property and just remixing it in a new way. That's fine, just as long as you give people something new to keep them interested, keep them to keep them engaged. That's the that's the big thing. As long as you can keep them engaged, I think uh, this franchise, this genre, is going to be around for a very very long time because I think there's to me, and this may be a little bit high. This may be a little bit uh, uh, bloated language, but I think there's very, I think there's really something special about it. Oh, it is most definitely. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of dynamics to to the kaiju storylines. Are you dealing with humans? Many times you're dealing with. I mean, yeah. I did that short. I did that short little. That here's a project that really made me sad. Was um the uh, gamma gamma zine. Mm-hmm. It was a, this project for Kickstarter called Gamerzine. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember talking with the guy and I said, yeah, man, I was all psyched and stuff because I love Gamer. And I was like, well, I'm going to submit a, you know, I'm going to submit a, a story, a short story of Gamera mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was really pumped. I ended up doing a short story about Gamera and stuff. And, yeah. and, and what happened was the Kickstarter failed. <laughs> and I was bummed. I was just bummed. I was able, the good thing about it was the guy ended up printing up the book. And he ended up sending all the con- sending the contributors like myself a copy, so I have a copy of the book and stuff, which is nice. Right. But you know, I really wanted to get that story out. I mean, I love the story. It was like my my whole view on Gamera and how that the, the idea that Gamera, like these monsters, are you know they're just thinking about things and how they how they look at human beings and their relationships to humanity and and how it's like this unending battle they keep doing. It was like I, I you know I literally was getting inside the head of Gamera, and I thought that was really like fun and whatever. And then boom, nothing happened with it. Yeah. So let me ask you, I got one more question for you and it's, I, I hope it's an easy one. All right. Um, when you sit down, when you sit down to draw, mm-hmm. I know a lot of, I know that we all have our favorites. All what right. is the, what is the one kaiju? What is the one giant monster or character, whatever that brings you the most joy to sit down and draw? Wow. I, I, I got a minute. It's gotta be camera. Okay, but surprisingly, but here's here's a funny part about it. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's untrue because I haven't drawn a lot of cameras. Mm-hmm. I would say G G twenty uh, the twenty fourteen Godzilla. I I found him I found him to be very and, and it's surprising. I'm surprised to say that because I love the Showa era mm-hmm, and, I, mm-hmm. and I've drawn that Godzilla before too. Sure, but something about the G twenty because I own figures of of the G twenty uh twenty fourteen G G twenty twenty fourteen Godzilla. <laughs> right, uh, there's something about the design of it I really like. It's really appealing. It's yeah. really appealing to me. It's really nice to to illustrate the character. Um, yeah, I would say that he, he he's on the top of the list for that. You know, uh, another character, even though he's not, I don't know if he's considered a, a kaiju, mm-hmm. but um, I love Jet Jaguar. Okay. Big robot guy, so I would say Jet Jaguar would be the second place. Gamera is definitely in there. Um, King Kong's good. Kong's good. I like Kong. Kong's fun. Yeah. But yeah, Godzilla would be. I, I just love the design. I just yeah. love the way he's designed. They 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 got a really, really good design. You know, I got the book. I got like the movie book, and I keep looking at. it. And I'm just like, they really nailed how 
how I've always envisioned Godzilla to be powerful, um, yet he's still capable of moving around and stuff like that. I think that's that's for me. I had a conversation with somebody and we talked about Millennium. The was it Millennium era of Godzilla uh, from like two thousand to two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just well, he just seemed like he just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and stiffer. Like yeah, was, yeah. You know, for me, the aesthetics of that just was like I could tell that it started. Everything started to look like it was on a set. Mm-hmm. And just like this big, massive mountain of a creature, you know, it's almost like to the point of like for the like the Godzilla animated movie that came on Netflix, sure. where he's just so massive that it's almost boring. Yeah, he's not. He's, he can't. He just he's just slow and moving. It's like a mountain. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is that the good thing that they did with 2014 Godzilla was that they took this massive, this big creature, but he's able to still move. Yeah. And his movement to him. I think that's what I like the most about it. And, and it brought back a lot of the Showa era to me. Because the Showa era, you saw Godzilla being flipped. The creatures be flipped around and stuff like that. And, I, yeah. and, I, and in my head, that's what I think of when I'm drawing stuff. I'm like, I don't have a creature flipping, moving yeah. around. I don't want to see a creature that just lumbers slow. And then shoots out a freaking blast that's like the wave motion gun from... Yeah. You know, Star Blazers are, you know, <laughs> you know, just, just you know, there's something I, 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 I don't know. I just love that. I love when characters can move. And I love that when characters are, the, the, again, back to the G, the 2014 Godzilla, where his blast is powerful, but it's not like it's overly like I love in King of the Monsters when he eventually got all that energy and whatever. And he did that massive nuclear blast. I yeah. That was really interesting. I thought that was really fun and cool. But that movie excited me just because they finally made um King Ghidorah look like you see the wings and everything, the movement. And it's just, you know, that, that stuff was really cool. So yeah. yeah. He had a very serpent, like, uh, like my, one of my favorite scenes from, from that, from that movie is that moment where I think it's um, where they finally drop, where he, he takes Godzilla up into the atmosphere, drops him. And then he, and then he, and then he, then King Ghidorah has, does this weird thing that we've never seen him do before. And he, he, all three heads just lay on the ground and slither like a, like a snake. And I just thought that is so that they nailed it. They nailed how that creature probably would have re- would yes. react in its own environment. And I'm with you. There's something so special about the Showa era. And I think that's why I love King of the Monsters so much is because it reminds me so much of the Showa era. There are some Heisei elements in there too, but it's, it's Showa through and through. And I think that's, I think that's why a lot of fans, especially us older fans who, who've been around for a while, love it so much. Well, this is the fusion of American technology where, Again, I, I, I love America cinema, especially with the technology of CGI. Mm-hmm. I love how we as America, we, we do it. We, we nail it. I love it. Now, what I design the creatures, we, you know, when, when here in America, the West, we had giant monsters. Most of our giant monsters were common creatures. They were like, you know, right. the scorpion, the tarantula. A know, good example like, would be uh, Rampage, the movie Rampage when it came exactly. out. Exactly. Although those creatures in Rampage are pretty cool. They are. That was, yeah. <laughs> they made them even more. But but you know, the old fifties movies, they'll just be like the giant tarantula. It just look yeah. like a giant tarantula. Or or them, you know, mm-hmm. the giant ants. So but the thing about it is that you know, taking those those interesting designs from Japan and then applying a Western kind of approach of like, you know, getting the creatures to move and a, and a, a sense of real, that's what I loved. Godzilla, you even you watch that movie and he's breathing. Like his chest is going in and out and stuff like that. It's just it's it's, it's incredible. Even even a scene with like Rodan fighting the fighter jets and stuff like oh, that. I love that scene. I love I, it. You actually see full movement 
Like, yeah. You see the power of Rodan's flight. So it's like, you know, yeah, the, the old Showa stuff, Rodan would just fly and it's like a hurricane. You know, yeah. they could be limited by technology. But boy, you finally see him doing aerial things. And it's like, oh my God, it's like, it's incredible. And the same thing, like Mothra and, oh. So yeah, that's, <laughs> now, I'm, I'm excited. I'll tell you right now, I'm really excited. And then same thing like Kong. They handle Kong amazing. I'm really excited for uh, King Kong and Godzilla. Oh, I am. I am too. If they ever just release the damn trailer, just yeah, release the damn trailer. I'm scratching my seat. <laughs> I, I had this conversation with Jess and it still boggles me to the level yeah. of like, I, like I get it. Like this part of me where I go, I understand that you're trying to help theaters out and stuff like that. I do. I understand that relationship. Yeah. But on the other hand, this is business. This is the, the business side of me. is just like, look, this is business. You need to make money. Yeah. You need to make money. That's period. Studio mm-hmm. or like this breed, this, this, this organism <laughs> that has to be fed yeah. money so that everyone else can make it and can just keep going. So the idea of them not putting out stuff, streaming it is just, is blowing my mind. Like, I'm yeah. just like, why are you not doing that? You're like literally waiting months and yeah. months, Yeah, you know? So I, 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 I don't know. I'm scratching my head. I think that Disney's coming around. Because I think they had like some kind of big board meeting and stuff, and they're just like, "Yo, we got to make money." Because because Disney did the um, what's the amusement parks not open? So then uh, Disney World is open. Is it open? I, I think I so. Think in Fl- the one in Florida, I think it, they're open. But I don't think they're making the revenue that they're making. No, they're not nearly making as much as yeah. they were. No, they're no. hurting. They're hurting. Like they're yeah. they're losing big, and the monies that they would have made from the Marvel movies, I mean, there's just they're not making anything. Yeah. Now I know uh, when when Godzilla versus Kong finally comes out, I know the hardcore fans like myself, yeah. you, and some others. If it's safe, of course, you know, yeah. all, you know, safety first. If we can go out in a safe way to theaters to watch it, I know a lot of the hardcore fans will. But I'm not quite sure if the nor what I would call the normies, like my wife. I call her a normie because she's yeah. not. She like she supports this hobby of mine because she knows yeah. I love it. Right. Uh, probably the same way with your wife and you know, my friends, they're not soup. They're not big into giant monsters. I think the first Godzilla film that my, my, my buddy finally watched was King of the monsters. And he watched it here at the house because I happened to be watching it and he actually enjoyed it. But, um, I'm like you, I wish they would just go ahead, throw it up on HBO max, throw it up on Amazon for a $20 rental. I'm sure they're going to make, uh, they're going to make some money on it. I'm oh, hoping yeah. I'm hoping they make enough to 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 continue the to continue the series because from what I understand there's a an agreement now between Toho and Legendary where Toho bought stock into Legendary or, or something like that oh, nature. Wow, I, I, I have to go back and re- I have to go back and research it, but I'm okay. I've heard I've heard from pretty credible sources that that you know uh, Toho puts has bought stock into Warner Brothers. Wow, that's and absurd. yeah. That's really good. That's if that's the case, that is fantastic news because that this may be opening up the door. Yeah. So we we may go through a period where after Godzilla versus Kong is done, Toho takes the pro- Toho takes the property back, right. does their own thing, lets America rest for a little bit uh, as far as the giant monster genre goes, and then maybe in a few years we take Godzilla back and do our own thing with it because uh-huh. I've noticed this trend with especially with the Godzilla franchise where they do like a five or 10 year time skip where there's nothing. And then there's this big resurgence and everyone's excited again. And then it kind of peters out and, and then you, 
then Japan takes it back, you know, or, or something like that. So, so I, yeah. I will say, I will say that I wish that Toho, if, that, if that's the case, I wish that they would just dust off some of their old kajus. Oh, me too. I'm, I'm these newer ones. Like that's, I guess the thing that bothers me a lot with some of the newer ones is that many of them all, they, it's almost like a, they almost look similar. You know what I mean? It's like they, they, mm-hmm. they, some of the older characters, you can see the difference, like Gorosaurus. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, was it Kumanga? And, you know, Hidora. I wanted to dust off, uh, I wanted to dust off Baragon, Varan. Ang- yep. I feel like Angiris needs a, he yep. needs, he needs his spotlight. Uh, yep. And, you know, produce a movie with Hedera. Uh, I've grown to like I've grown to like Godzilla versus Hedera uh, a lot this year too. Rewatching some of these films. You know, what if they literally they sat in a room like it's almost like I wish there was a guy a person male or female excuse me right. like Kevin Feige I, I hope I'm saying them right Kevin Feige Feige the Fe- one that guy Marvel Kevin, yeah Feige? Kevin Feige I think it's Feige? yeah Feige? all right let's go with that yeah okay yeah <laughs> so say if you had a person like that who sat down and said okay Toho um, we're gonna plan on an event where it's going to lead up to Destroy All Monsters, a new version of Destroy All Monsters. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have these X amount of movies that lead up to that. Mm-hmm. That It's almost like a plan. Like, I think that's a thing that I would love to see. Like, coherent plan. It's almost like what Marvel did, where it's cohesive, where it's like, okay, this all leads up to this great big thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of something that's, like, rammed in there and whatever. Like, I would love to see various characters, like, you know, King Caesar and, right. um, you know, Hedorah. Again, classic characters just just revamped revamped mm-hmm. up and, and so we can see their story and then say okay we're going to bring them all together to fight this whatever this being is whatever this is where if they wanted to create a new character I'll br- I, you know what I'll bring back some of these classic like aliens guys from the black what was it the black yeah. hole aliens and yeah. things like that revamp them and be like okay boom we're going to bring these characters in and they may have some like Gigan and you know some other space monsters or whatever but something that could be this beautiful event so it's all leading up to something so that we have something that's cohesive you know this whole thing jumping back and forth it always throws me because and then getting different directors and stuff like that on it it always throws me and and while you're at it cut a deal with um uh katakawa and daie and do godzilla versus gamera once and for all let's see it gamera gamera needs he needs some love yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. man, I, if if they if they put Gamera into the MonsterVerse or if Legendary picks that up, I mean it, that franchise is yep. perfect. I feel like for Legendary. But it's like, how would you see? I, I'm scratching my head because would see, I love the I love the I love the Legion. The what was it? The, uh, le, the was it Legacy Gamera? Gamera Legacy, where he was biomechanical. Was those, was those those videos? The, um, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. But I, I, I it makes sense. Like that. I forgot what they call. It. They call it Gamera Legacy. I have them too. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't know exactly. But but I love the fact that that they finally explained because it, it it never dawned on me that Gamera could be biomechanical. Mm-hmm. All that time, I never thought of him being like, oh wow, you can just fly. He's, he's like a UFO and whatever. And then when they they started introducing that, I was like, that's that's pretty cool. That mm-hmm. it, like it made sense. So if they were to do a legacy Gamera, I mean, how would how would you make sense of him? With his, his flying and all that stuff. Mythology. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 I love that mythology. That'll solve it. <laughs> just, that. Just, oh, re- it. just retcon the mythology and just... Whoa. <laughs> just, just, there you go. 
<laughs> well, you know, you could. Well, again, in, in a legendary world, they haven't. They could probably possibly introduce yeah. the alien part of it. Or some people have talked about legendary doing Pacific Rim with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So could those same aliens have a connection? You know what I mean? How they're mm-hmm. able to come through the other dimensions? Could right. some come to that that universe, the MonsterVerse? Right. And they made because if you think about the monsters that were created in um in uh, Pacific Rim, they were mm-hmm. somewhat biomechanical. Yeah, I believe I believe they were biomechanical in a certain. They degree. sort of, yeah. There, sort there was, of. yeah, sort of. They were. I, I can. I think there is some biomechanical elements yeah. to that. So I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing out there in the wind, but I mean that could be a possibility where you link the universe. Yeah, universes in there. Just have this gigantic just modge podge of everything that that we can possibly throw at it. I don't know. I don't know if those tickets would sell, but I yeah. know I would go see it. I'm one of those people where I hate to throw away stuff. Yeah. I'm always like, I feel like you can always take something, dust yeah. it off, and yeah. bring a new way to it. And I think that's my whole thing. I'm so old fashioned, like, like in a sense of like, again, I go back to Marvel and things like that. Where I'm like, why are you creating all these new characters when you have thousands of old characters that you just got, you can just dust off and make better? Same thing, like Toho. Right. You got characters already. They're just sitting there. Dimagen. Dimagen, excuse me, Dimagen. Yeah. I'd love to see Dimagen come back. You know, oh, coming for sure. In. You know, it's like you got these great characters. Just dust them off. Be like, okay, and get some good writers in there. Get a team. Get them up into some some summit in the mountain and let them just throw some ideas together. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's the dream, man. It's that it's, is the it's, dream. It's definitely the dream. Uh, so now comes the part of the show where you can go as shameless as you want with all, all right. of your shameless plugs. So go ahead and, and tell the listener where they can find you, how they can interact with you and just all points in between. Well, here's the, here's the, the, the most easiest part about this. Technically, if you use my name, my full name, Frankie B. Washington, and that is my full name, just look on Facebook. Go on Instagram or Twitter and even YouTube, you will find me. My pages will pop up. Google it. You'll see all the stuff that I've done and whatever. So I try to keep it nice and simple. My full name, Frankie, spelled with an I-E, B, middle initial, and then last name, Washington. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, I mean, you're not, like I said, you're not a hard man to find. Uh, No, no. I, I, I try to, I learned that from, again, from my teachers from our school. They said, look. You need to go. You, you need to put your name out there. Like um, I tell any young artist, if somebody sees your name is you know Thunderglow, <laughs> then I don't know. They're gonna look at it and be like, whoa. You know, you want to you want people to know who you are. Right. If you want to be professional about this, be professional. The first thing, first step of being professional is you don't want people trying to guess who you are. Mm-hmm. So creating all these weird, unless again, again, this is this is for if there's those few people who get lucky and they're able to create an alias. And somehow they build their popularity around it. Okay, kudos. But that doesn't happen to everyone. So the thing is, is that you really should look at yourself as the brand. You are right. a brand. You're selling yourself. Right. Not in a bad way. <laughs> but, you know, you're selling yourself in a good way. You, know? I- <laughs> you don't have to catch that one. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, whoa, I ain't trying to tell you to sell yourself. Frank told me to go out to the corner and sell myself. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay so that, that, that'll be my cold open uh you just told, you just told everybody to sell themselves okay uh, don't tell yourself, man. you know hey you gotta you gotta you are the brand i want people to understand that you yeah. are the brand and you gotta you gotta make sure that as a brand what are you trying to 
tell people about yeah. your brand, you know, and, and your name and who you are and the kind of stuff you're putting out. And then, yeah, look at my work. Look at my work and look that I'm a person who is mm-hmm. level-headed, right. <laughs> a level-headed person that will get the job done. Right. So I'm going to put all, I'm going to, I'm going to find all, I'm going to make it easy for you, uh, audio listener. And I'm going to put everything that I can think of where you can find Frankie and I'll put it in the description of this episode. So just to, so you know exactly who he is and what he's about. Uh, but man, thank you so much. This was, this was, this was a pleasure. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, look at, I'm always humbled and honored when anyone wants to, you know, talk to me or whatever. It's like, you know, I'm like, wow, who am I? I'm just some crazy dude with dreads, man, drawing cool <laughs> monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's gonna be my legacy, man. I, I'm gonna I'm be what? that. Yeah, I'm gonna be that old dude with dreadlocks on a mountain, man. <laughs> just drawing weird pictures. <laughs> I love your honesty and I love your humility. And like I said, man, this it, it, it was a pleasure. I, I cannot wait uh, to have you back oh, uh, sometime again, and maybe we can. Maybe we can. Uh, find a good topic for you and I just to kind of knit to, right to kind of really focus on. So I'm looking forward to that. And right on, right on. I look forward to it. Yeah. And as always, audio listener, thank you so much for listening to the show. It's been a real pleasure uh, having Frankie here with me. And again, I will put the, I will put details on where you can find him and his work in the description of this episode. It was a pleasure. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. And I am Michael, the Kaiju Groupie signing off. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Groupie Podcast, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton using redcircle.com. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue this conversation, please email me directly at kaijugroupiepod at gmail.com. Also, follow us on social media by joining the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, on Twitter at Kaiju Groupie Pod, and on Instagram at the Kaiju Groupie. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite giant monster podcasts. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the show. This will help spread the word to other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, and if you do, I promise I'll read your comments on the next episode. All film, audio clips, and graphics belong to their respective copyright holders with no infringement being intended or implied. So until next time, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off. Thank you.